You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy, and in the future, we will add an extra month to the year so that people can post on Facebook. It's 13-14-2015. This is Melanie, and in the future... Scientists will create a mind interface for humans and animals, which will quickly lose popularity when people find out how their pets really feel about them. And this is Jesse. In the future, ninjas will wear capes because Batman wears a cape. Yeah, he's Batman. Because <laughs> he's Batman. Batman's ninja-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, yep. I would think it'd be pretty hard to be so stealthy in a cape. Yeah. Those things flap around and make noise. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. he can. And like, his has got like metal and stuff in it, so that he can do the whole snap out. Yeah, he can glide on his. Yeah. Yeah, but he's probably got some kind of like new super materials that aren't a lot or you know aren't available to the general public. Oh yeah, definitely. That don't flap and just become hard at random times. Yeah, you know? <laughs> he's got the I mean, oh, well. <laughs> we won't mention. Uh, oh. <laughs> we're talking about his cape still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're making sure that it, it it's never weighing him down. <laughs> Is he's Bruce Wayne? Oh, oh wow. That was a reach. <laughs> that one was a stretch. I made him I made him a weigh-in brother in order to make that one. <laughs> oh wow. That comic would be so much different. Oh totally, yeah. So you just got back from the movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What did you see? Anything good? We saw the imitation game, which is like it's a drama e drama. A drama e drama? Yeah, it's a drama e drama. Uh which is not it's not my usual, you know. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's in the vein of such dramas as a beautiful mind and that kind of thing. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, is pretty good. It's uh, it was about Alan Turing and uh breaking the Enigma code machine. Oh. So That's yeah. Kind of, that sounds kinda interesting. Was good. It was good. It's uh Benedict Cumberbatch is kinda your your big big name, Kate Winslet. Yeah, I got that wrong again. Kira Knightley. <laughs> They're I, both beautiful. It's nice to have Holly on the show again. Tell her thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holly in the wings for the save. Yeah, this will be so. This will be our first episode of 2015. So happy New Year to everybody. Hashtag in the future. In the future. <laughs> it's 2015. Yeah. yeah. Happy New Year in the future. Happy New Year Happy in New the Year. future. Which, which as, as you're listening, is actually now. Timey-wimey. It's the present. For us, it's the future. We're time travelers. Speaking of, speaking of present, <laughs> oh. all, sorts of, all sorts of presents happened. Nice segue. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's, it's been Christmas since the last time we talked. Yeah. And and, and uh, all the other holidays. No, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not a war on Christmas guy. But did you get awesome 
geeky gifts because I know you did because I've seen pictures. <laughs> yeah, yes, I did. You got and, some cool stuff. The ones I didn't get from other people, I got because they gave me money to get them. Oh, nice. Or, or gift cards, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. I was. I've been on my quest to watch a proper Cyberman story, so I went and got uh, the Tenth Planet, which is the first Cyberman story. Yeah. Hey. Got that with a gift card yesterday, and it's uh, it's the one that's got a missing episode, but they animated the fourth episode. Okay, so I'm pretty excited to see what that looks like. Yeah, I was about to ask you that. That's the that's the regeneration of the first Doctor. Yes, you're right. Yeah, you're right, it is. Did they? Okay, so did because they have that little clip of footage. Did they switch back to live action for the actual regeneration, or? Uh, well, and I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I, got, I okay. just got it yesterday, and we've been watching. Uh, we've been watching Arrow. In every spare moment. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> You've been watching Arrow. We have been watching Arrow, yeah. We've been we're, tra- we're still in the midst of season one. So, yeah. So, People are dying. <laughs> yeah. So what do you think? What do you think? Because you, you're a very late adopter of Arrow. Yes. We've been yes. watching it for a little while. But- and it gets well, better, and- by the way. And what... It, well, and it's not bad now. It's just... It's jarring to someone like me because... I'm so used to super long blonde beard, Robin Hood looking Arrow mm-hmm. Oliver Queen. You know Ollie Queen. I'm, I'm used to them calling him Ollie. <laughs> and uh, and and Kevin Smith's. You know, like I was a big fan of Kevin Smith's run, which brought Oliver Queen back from the dead, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, this just seems like a totally different Oliver Queen, which I'm fine with. It just it's very it's very Hawkeye from the Avengers, and it's very Batman. It's yeah. like, you know, if if Star City, Star City resembles uh, Gotham City very, very much so in in this portrayal, which is fine. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. And that's another thing. It's Star City instead of Starling City, but I've been kind of oh, in- that's right. Yeah, it's they they call it they call it Starling City in this show. I think well, right, well, I think they call it. Wait, what is it? it? It starts off as Starling City. Yeah, at, at the point in the series that we're in, the in comics, right now, it is Star they're City. trying to switch it to Star City. Spoilers. Oh. Yeah, it's oh, spoiler. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, but who cares? The name of the city is not that big of a deal. Well, I like that <laughs> nomenclature uh, canon. <laughs> I, well, I kind of like that they did change it for the series because maybe they thought that sounded, I don't know, more realistic, and then they've mm-hmm. since like are moving towards changing it closer to how it should be in the comic book. I think that's an interesting. Probably because they're doing an expanded universe thing where the flash comes in and the city is, Mm -hmm. is very based on the comic book runs. Yeah. But they, I've noticed they've mentioned like coast city and I'm like, green lantern. Yeah. (laughs) So, well, we fell off somewhere towards the end of the second season. I think the second season, are they on the third now or I no, they're. I think they're on the fourth. Okay, well, we we dropped off somewhere around the last season, and since we've been coming up to that Flash, because I've been loving the Flash since we're coming up to the yeah. crossover, we stopped watching the Flash and are catching back up on Arrow. Yeah. So. We we yeah. we do that to ourselves all the time. <laughs> we're like, ah, oh, now we got to go watch this movie or this show because there's going to be a crossover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The whole Winter Soldier show. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's another show. Agents of Shield is another show we still need to catch it back up on. We're behind on that. Well, that's because our stupid 
shows, or shows, whatever, what do you call, like, Netflix and Hulu, the things you pay for? Streaming. Streaming services? Don't, don't want to keep up with, uh, the current things for more than, like, two weeks, and then they, we lose them. Oh, well, yeah, that's mainly Hulu, because they'll, they'll, they'll have the most recent episodes, but they only hold, like, maybe seven, six or seven episodes at a time, and then the older ones drop off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's what we're going to run into. And then Netflix is always at least one season behind, Mm -hmm. so you get, you'll hit these, like, dead patches of, like, you can finish the last season on Netflix, but Hulu... Uh, there's a there's a blank spot up till like episode five or something like that. So you'll hit dead spots right. where it's kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. What was it? We were watching something and that was the case. It's like you had to you had to make sure that you were staying on top of it because like seven weeks later they dropped the first episode or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Grace Point. It was Grace Point because we were watching David Tennant. Oh yeah, David Tennant. So I heard about that. Did that get canceled it. recently? Yeah, it got canceled. Yeah. Yep. But I liked it. Uh, we'll probably go back and watch Broadchurch. And they're they're going to do a second season of that. So Grace Point, was that, that was, was that an American show? Mm-hmm. Yes, no? it was an American version. Yeah, it was the American version of Broadchurch. Oh, that's interesting. And they still had Tenet? Yeah, yeah. They had him. And he was, do, he was affecting a... American accent, which is what, like a lot, that was one of the major criticisms is that his uh, American accent would kind of slip sometimes. Oh, really? But it never bothered me all that much. It was just jarring to hear him in an American accent because even like the American movies he's done, he always has some kind of accent. So, because like Fright Night, he's British, like yeah, yeah. Ozzy Osbourne British. So... I remember when Fright Night came out. That was when I had just started. I know this isn't. Better, I think but... you were still on the Ninth Doctor when we watched Fright Night. Yeah, and and uh, Savannah was like, "Oh, it's Tenant and Fright Night." She's like, "He's so hot," and I'm like, "What are you talking about, dude? He is." <laughs> I don't. I don't know what your obsession with him is. And she's like, "Wait, wait, you'll see." But I still, like I, I said before, I still never got that whole. <laughs> you never got the whole Tenth Doctor. Never did. The sexy 10th Doctor thing? I never did. Oh. I mean, he, I liked him. He was fun, but, you know. Yeah. You're more of a Matt Smith guy, huh? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of miss Matt Smith. I don't know. I liked I, his, like, he would, I loved his quirks as the Doctor. Yeah. He'd do little things that were great, even if maybe the episode wasn't always great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Okay. But that's not to say I don't like Capaldi because Capaldi was, has been in some of the even well we've already covered this but even in the the lackluster episodes he pulls that. So pulls mm-hmm. speaking of the Christmas special, mm-hmm. what do you think of that? I know we're kind of yeah. all over the place, but at least it's flowing naturally. Yeah, yeah, it had Santa Claus in it. <laughs> 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 yes it did yes it did I did, you know I didn't think that was going to work you know and 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 there's times where I still don't think it works but I think like the fact that it was so bizarre uh-huh. they wrote they wrote it pretty well considering how bizarre it was I like the concept mm-hmm. and I'm I'm glad I mean if they if it would have been just straight up Santa Claus 
that would have been like a bridge too far, mm-hmm. but they made it yeah. work. Obviously they, they come up with like this story conceit as to how there's Santa Claus there. Yeah. I actually was kind of hoping he would have been a bad guy, but I can't get everything I want. It kind of seemed like they were going to play him that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was excited towards for it. the beginning. Yeah. But then no, they made him, they made him like you're the good guy in your subconscious. So Enough. Enough with the good Santa Claus. We need more evil Santa Claus. We need some, what is it, Krampus? <laughs> Krampus! Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, today we, okay, so the movie that we went to, we tried to, uh, we tried to go to the one, one thirty show. We got there and it was at Majestic where they have these small theaters. And so we didn't think to buy our tickets ahead. So we got there. Oh man, that. that's a mis- Majestic? Yeah. That's the one we always go to. You were not too far from our house. Yeah. Oh hey, but uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, well, so we wound up uh, we wound up having to kill time until the next showing, and even then, like we bought our tickets right then uh-huh. for the for the was it four thirty show, mm-hmm. and uh, even then we were like one of the last two seats or something. There was like mm-hmm. only two seats left after us, mm-hmm. um, so we had to kill time. And uh, like one of the things we were like we were like, well, let's go let's go to old Chicago for lunch and then let's go uh, then while we're there we're talking about like what what we could do next so we went to Michael's in search of like material to 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 make like a Krampus puppet oh yeah I remember oh, really? you guys talking about that when we were there yeah and Holly wants to make a Krampus costume and so mm-hmm. it was like Krampus themed uh, um, trek to Michael's oh nice which, which basically war- I mean like basically what we discovered is we needed even more research. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean, yeah, just to bring it full circle. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Krampus, <laughs> we we're gonna make a puppet. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds and that's, and that's like the Grolix wa- uh podcast. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you have either of you checked out our about page? Because I ended up writing up a brief little bios for each of us. No, I remember you telling me I needed to get on and write a bio, and I basically ignored you, I guess. Well, that's okay. <laughs> I ended up writing <laughs> little bios for us, and one of the things I included in Jesse's was that he was a puppet enthusiast. And that just... I am, I am. You I are. It, a little bit. It's it's kind of bizarre. It, not going to lie. I just like that, that turd of phrase, the puppet enthusiast. So that <laughs> cracked me up a little bit. Yep. Uh, that's a fair. That's fair. I'll, I'll own that. <laughs> Not to sidetrack us again too much, but so you guys went to the Majestic. We That's the theater we usually go to anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Always get the tickets online in advance. Yeah, because it's hard, like, it's hard to get two seats together after a certain, like, period of time oh, like sure. even i mean if it's, if it's a like a new release and it's good you can't get it that day it's not gonna happen yeah the, we've oh, wow. been we've kind of been bit by that too but that made me think it's yeah oh. and it kind of amuses me that you guys had the same problem because yeah that's yeah. definitely so so if you really want to see it that day you re- and you want to sit together you either end up going to a 3d or a bistro uh showing oh. mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh yeah, well you know, and if we would have if we would have went to uh, probably AMC, we would have probably been fine because they had um, they had the same times and everything, but it was clear across town, and mm-hmm. so it's like ah, we can't get there in time. We're not that early. 
Majestic's majestic though. Man. Yeah, I'd, yeah. No, it was a cool. It was a cool little experience. Uh, they really fixed that place up mm-hmm. nice. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason it's hard to get uh, seating like on short notice is because the theaters, since they have those big, massive recliner chairs for everybody, there's mm-hmm. not as much seating. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's a good theater. Yeah, and it was uh, we were in one of the small ones, so it was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. it was. I think it was only on one screen. So, lesson learned. Mm-hmm. But we have. We, I mean, well, I'm sorry. This I'm talking about stuff that doesn't matter, but I don't care. But we have one of the uh, rewards cards, which is awesome. So we can order online, and normally they charge you a dollar. But if you have one of the rewards cards, they don't. But we get free oh. stuff all the time. Yeah, it's like true. free free drinks, free popcorns, five dollars off tickets. It rocks. <laughs> when they have their, they have a $5 Tuesday, and yep. you guys have probably talked about this in the past. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now I know what you're talking about. That sounds like a great deal. It well, is. We probably did mention this. Yeah, we're going to do it on Tuesday, actually, again. Yeah. yeah. Well, when I had two all-day Tuesdays off, it was a little nicer, but now I, since I have Wednesdays, I can still go in the evening after work. But, yeah, it's two, $5 all day, even for, like, yeah. prime time showing. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And free That's popcorn. Crazy. The Grox Podcast. What? Brought to you yep. by Majestic Theater. <laughs> free, free, free small popcorns, yeah. Markets Theaters. Go see them. That's it. I was, I was trying to think of the go, parent company. Go things with the words and the people on the screen. Do the thing and the stuff and the seats. <laughs> yeah. The popcorn. And, well, yeah. it's, it's the closest theater to us, too. So mm-hmm. that's a big yeah. part of it. Yeah, I used to go there when it was twenty grand. I used, mm-hmm. to, I really liked it, and then it kind of seemed like it slid a bit. Mm-hmm. But now that it's under new management and they like fixed her up, that's pretty swanky in there. It's all fancy, like yeah. They they give you food stuffs at that one in the bistro ones. That's all fancy, like yeah. The bistro <laughs> real food. You have to use a fork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they bring you onion rings and like margarita cups. I know. So no, weird. yeah, their the, the sides come in these very strange containers, but it's fancy. Yeah, well, the onion rings had chives on them. They were like, what? and some like dusted uh, like that's like cheese stuff. No, it's it's crazy. Like a double negative, though, isn't it? Chives <laughs> <laughs> like part onions. So yeah, that's like, you, what, listen, we're gonna bring you these onion rings, and guess what? We're gonna top them with onion. Onion. <laughs> <laughs> this is like double onion. That's like double chocolate, I guess. It's like chocolate, chocolate chip. So you got you got onion, <laughs> you got chivy onion rings. They were good though. Yeah, if we're actually talking about this, Holly's looking at me from across the way, like, what? This is all going in too. This is all going in. 2015. This is oh, French onion story. dip. Yeah, there's that too. Oh. You could do the chivy onion rings with the French onion dip. So, whoa! Eventually, it's gonna like be onion overload, and they're just gonna cease to exist. It'll, it's tear, like, a It'll tear a hole in space time. It's like in Time Cop, where if two They'll duplicates to... touch each other, <laughs> <laughs> like, like if you come in contact with that much onion ring and it tears a hole in space time, then it's gonna be like we'll have to rename black holes into onion rings. Yeah, hole. They'll be. <laughs> it'll be bold. bold. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, what else did you get for Christmas? Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> so 
my New Year's resolution for the show is going to be to talk about how we can tear holes in the fabric of space-time. Particularly using foodstuffs. <laughs> yes, I think that's important for a show that's not about foodstuffs. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, all so pizza. <laughs> uh, more stuffs that I got? Yeah, more stuffs. I, way back. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of Doctor Who got a lot of Fourth Doctor stuff. Um, uh, was it the Invasion of Time or the and then uh, the Key to Time? So basically, you know, that whole season of Doctor Who and then the one right before it. Mm-hmm. So it would be the last episode of uh, Leela, and then the first episode of Romana. I love Leela. I love Leela too, and I'm still kind of upset about how they just like how they shipped her off. Yeah. It seemed. Very on Leela like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Here's yeah, this no, random weak. He wasn't even just a random guy. He was like a random weakling guy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna stay here with him. Why? You know, yeah, they basically wanted to do the whole Susan ending, but it doesn't work for Leela. No, she should have like jumped into a volcano or something. <laughs> that that should have been Leela then. <laughs> on the bright side of things, though, because they ended it that way, uh, Leela becomes a big deal in, like, the Gallifrey series that they do with Big Finish. Oh, really? Which is pretty awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. More Leela. All right. Because she's, yeah, she is in several of the audio plays, and I've listened to a couple. Oh, yeah. She's with- actually in the, the 15th anniversary um, is the Worlds of Doctor Who, where they take all the spinoffs that, well, not all of them, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of the spinoffs that they do through Big Finish, like the, the unit um, side show or spinoff, mm-hmm. um, the Jago and Lightfoot mm-hmm. spinoff, um, Countermeasures, which you guys haven't seen that team yet, but that team is uh, in Remembrance of the Daleks. So they're from one episode of Doctor Who spun off into their own series. And then Leela's in the uh, the Gallifrey part of that. Romana and Leela show up on Earth, and then they pull the Doctor in. And... Cool. Do-do-do. Which Romana? Is it the Princess Romana? That one is, yes, Romana 2. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's in fact, what it would have uh, to be, huh? They've even, uh, they've even spun Romana into a third incarnation in, in Big Finish. Ah. Um, so they've had Mary Tam, Lala Ward, and then, uh, uh, what's her name? She was Drusilla. <laughs> in in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, Slip. oh, really? She, yeah, and she, she wow. does a pretty good job. Okay, interesting. I mean, you know, yeah, when she's not playing, you know, like psychotic vampires, um, she but she pulls that posh, uh, aristocratic type of persona pretty well. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Real quick, can I just interject? I don't know why, but I find it odd that you're so much more into Buffy the Vampire Slayer than I am, or were. <laughs> you talking to me? Yeah. Probably good, him too. He knows characters' show. names. It was a good show. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I started with Angel. I didn't. I wasn't a huge fan of Buffy at first, and then uh, we got into Angel. And just something about the feel of the show. It was a little bit more like detective noir uh-huh. when we started watching. And I don't know. I, I I got into it, and then we were like, eh, we need to probably go back and see this because we really like the humor of Whedon and everything. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's just Whedon. I, yeah, I couldn't I do Angel, though, because mainly because I hated that character in Buffy. <laughs> I hated him so much that yeah. they spun him off into Angel, and I was like, what? And it was Angel and, what's her name? 
Oh, what was her name in the show? Uh, Cordy. Cordy was... Yeah. Cordy and I was yeah, like... Yeah, the first couple seasons are kind of rough, but, like, he, they get their own feel to the show, and they get their own characters that aren't always Buffy-related. Yeah. And that's when I that's when I start liking it. Like, about the end, like, mid-season two or beginning of season three is when I really start to, to dig in. Mm-hmm. Lauren was one of my favorite characters. The, uh, the green uh, karaoke bar-owning demon empath demon <laughs> he was awesome i even fell off of buffy after a while though too towards the oh end. Well, yeah buffy got real weird at the end yeah when when willow turned into um a lesbian i i was kind of done with it by then but why yeah. not because she came became a lesbian <laughs> although i did have a kind of a crush on seth green but <laughs> yeah yeah it's the only redhead I'll ever admit that I'm attracted to. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, wait, are you a redhead? <laughs> we, have a ginger, we have a ginger on the voice but, of Tron. But, but it's, it's, he's like strawberry blonde. It's not the same. <laughs> well, there's your uh, your lesbian and redhead hate for the episode. <laughs> I don't hate lesbians. <laughs> Okay, to be fair, the the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, at, at that point in time, just, you know, like, unrelated to that, though, uh, everything kind of got niche like, like well, okay, what can we throw in there now? Like, now we're, now we're going to have the, uh, now we're going to have the episode where uh, everything's a musical. Now we're going to have the episode where, you know, I mean, like, that's, that's around that time when everything started to be real, I don't know. Yeah. Like well, that is actually when I fell off, too. On everything, so. mm-hmm. It's true, and that's when I stopped. Like, they left high school. Mm-hmm. And that after that, I shows. just... Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was too big of a change, I guess. And real quick, I'm well, sorry. I'm interrupting again. But that's where that chick came from that we were watching on the tabletop episode earlier. From you're Blue. right. She was, she was the girl that Willow dated. That, you're right. You're right. I was trying to figure out where, we, where I've seen her. Yeah. It was Buffy. Yeah. Wow, what a big... Circle of Life. Which which, wow. epi- which episode? Which the Gloom one. I mean, Gloom. That's right. Okay. There we go. And she did really well on that one too. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. That was it. And that that all has to do with Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And happy I asked for Gloom for Christmas. I didn't get it though. No. Well, I I got you the first expansion of Cards Against Humanity. Yeah, and you got me uh, the Death um, comic. That's great. Oh yeah, death the high cost of living. Yeah, uh, Neil Gaiman. Awesome. It's supposed to be good. I've never it, read it. It will be good. It's Gaiman, first of all, so it's going to be good. And it's kind of a Sandman tie-in type. Yeah, it's a it's sister, and she's one of the cooler characters. Uh, characters, yeah. Um, so there you go. There's there's your geeky gift. Mm-hmm. I got Injustice, the video game, Gods Among Us. Oh video man, game. the and Ultimate Edition. Ultimate Edition, yep. So all the characters are already unlocked and everything. Right? Exactly, and all the yeah the Sweet. characters and the skins, and it's. I like that. Comic book based video games now. It seems like. The creators actually come at it with a lot of knowledge, and they like they'll throw in like even just some of the skins. Like there's Red Superman, uh, the Red Sun Superman skin, and Red Sun Batman skin, and oh wow. Uh, mm-hmm. New Fifty Two costumes and Flashpoint costumes and older costumes. There's just a lot of. Oh, cool... so, so do they have like red and blue Superman costumes then, or? I yeah yeah. Um, 
cyborg huh. Superman costume. Like, oh, sweet, sweet. There's and I played through the story mode, which essentially amounted like boiled down to almost a two hour long CGI movie where anytime there's a confrontation, then you fight because it's like Mortal Kombat style one on one. So it's a whole bunch of cutscenes and then you fight, you fight characters. But it was pretty good. I mean, I wouldn't say it's like the best animated DC type story, but it's it's a good like a uh, kind of Infinite Earth style alternate universe story. So there was a lot of fun there. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. At one point, you have two bit two versions of Batman fighting against Bane. Just stuff like that. It was like yeah. Just oh. cool moments. So, mm-hmm. so it's 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 a fun game, but I like the attention to like comic book detail and and little nods that they'll throw in these games now. Mm-hmm. It's like the Batman Arkham games always have a lot of like you like they are kind of building their own universe in this Arkham Batman Arkham universe. Mm-hmm. But at the mm-hmm. same time, there's a lot of nods to different comic book stuff. Right. But yeah, it's it's good. It's a lot of fun. Well, what else did you get for Christmas from me, Randy? I got, <laughs> I also got, and this this ties into my New Year's resolution. My New Year's resolution is I'm going to play some D&D. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I got oh, a D&D great. starter set. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And now I'm going to have to make Melanie play. Yeah. Well, no, I... I talked the there's a guy at work who's never played. I talked to him into if we can get the schedule uh to match up to I talked to him into uh trying to learn it with me. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I talked to your brother Lou. Yeah. And yep. he's he's played lots of D&D I I imagine. Um, yeah, he'll have to learn this new edition, but I've heard good press about it, so that's good. Yeah. Um and he said he's he yeah he said he's he's a little rusty he'll have to learn stuff like you say but um he's he's down for a game so yeah. I might just be able to get a, our own game going sometime. All right. Well, I, you know, I I suppose I I do anything for love, baby. <laughs> you don't have to play. I don't want to force you into playing because you're not going to stick with it if you don't want to do it. So yeah, but it's fine that you don't. It's it's do it. probably. I mean. It's probably not as bad as I imagine it would be. I find I find that there is a line in the sand when it comes to nerdiness that Melanie Melanie has drawn a line in the sand and D and D is just like a step you know, too far. And, and for whatever reason, D and D tends to be the line in the sand for a lot of nerds. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know why I don't know why that is, because it's like D and D is at its core uh organ and maybe this is it. Maybe this is why it's so you know it's too much for people is it's a organized uh rule set for a game of make believe. Yeah. Yeah. It <laughs> I mean, really that's is. essentially what D and D comes down to. I mean you've got it, it generally speaking, it revolves around kind of a fantasy uh landscape, but you've got rule sets for just about anything you want to play. Mm-hmm. You know what? For me, I think personally, it's not even the fantasy and the and the role playing or any of that stuff. What it for is for me is, I like a I like to do my nerdy things on an individual basis. I like to do I like to be my nerd at my time by myself. Oh. <laughs> I don't yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a group nerd. <laughs> well, part of the reason I think I've got on this kick is because is to boost social interaction i guess you know 
It'll yeah. give yeah. us a re- like we haven't been doing movie nights or anything. It's hard to like organize those things, and that's mm-hmm. not really that social anyway. And and plus for you especially, it's rough because you don't drink, and that's what like ninety percent of people do for their social to, interaction yeah, to socialize. Yeah. They right. Get, yeah. They'll say. Yeah. They'll they'll come up with a reason to go to the bar. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's not my scene. So I figured this would be a good way to be social, more social than like a movie night. But at the same time, it's structured like there's a focus, so I don't have to worry about falling into the small talk trap. Yeah. You know? Right. Which never works with your friends because you're all a bunch of mumblers. Well, <laughs> so some of them. Yeah. Bada bow bow. <laughs> uh, anyway, and then I got a cool, a very cool, like, minimalist design Justice League poster, and I think that's pretty much the extent of my geeky gifts. Yeah, I love that poster. I want to see Oh, it. it's super cool. I want to put it up, but I haven't put it up yet. I thought there was something else. And some good Blu-ray movies. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. 2015. Yep, 2014. <laughs> 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 I went back in time, you went forward in time. Okay, so this is episode 12. Although it's been, this will be the 11th month that we've been doing it since we had like this special bonus episode around episode yeah. 7 or so. But, Oh, what's the month after February? Is it March? Yes. March. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yep. March will be our one year anniversary. So I'm thinking about putting together. It's our anniversary. It is our anniversary too. Um, oh yeah, because that first episode is we were talking about that first episode we recorded on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh it, yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I've been thinking about. I don't know. Maybe I'll just add it into our regular episode for that month. Uh-huh. Or we'll do another bonus episode, but doing some type of a Grolix podcast annual number one special episode with outtakes and stuff like that. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, because every episode when I cut, when I edit these things down, a lot of times when I'll cut a big chunk of stuff that sometimes it's not entertaining at all, but sometimes there's a lot <laughs> of funny stuff in there. I always just set it aside in the project file. So I started going through those and pulling out stuff. I pulled some stuff out of the first episode that got cut from the first episode that's kind of amusing Mm -hmm. so i'll keep doing that and maybe we'll put together a big deleted scenes Mm it'd be like the the lost episode yeah exactly exactly (laughs) well you know like an annual uh in the comic book world doesn't necessarily like sometimes it's the huge event and sometimes uh the annual is just like a bunch of you know, like weird stories that don't necessarily relate to the storyline that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that can be kind of that could that could be fun yeah. to have a have a hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that idea for sure. We could call it a bizarro sode. Yeah, bizarro sode. Oh, I like that. But we all have to talk like bizarro. Him are number one. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so this episode, we've been <laughs> talking for a while. What we are going to talk about this episode is Judge Dredd, our poll list, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. our poll list pick, which I had, which was uh, we had some difficulty with, and then uh, Saga of the Swamp Thing, book number five, which means we only have one left after this, mm-hmm. which means book number six will be that March episode or a March mm-hmm. episode. That's also they're canceling Swamp Thing in March. The current oh. run of Swamp Thing. I'm pretty 
upset. Maybe about that. maybe for our March episode, we need to do like a huge Swamp Thing thing. I was thinking about it, and that would be a great excuse to watch the Swamp Thing movie and talk about it, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I don't. What, yeah, I don't know if a Swamp. A movie? Can that really do justice? No, I'm sure it can. No, nothing can. But the first Swamp Thing movie really is responsible for Swamp Thing being resurrected in the, was it the 80s? In the books we're reading right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. um, uh, Wes Craven, I think he might have just produced it, mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. And so DC like brought the series back as almost a way to, like, I don't know. Promote the movie, but also promote the comic book. Mm-hmm. It's all very incestuous. Yeah, so that's the reason we have this awesome Alan Moore running in the first place. So we'll, we'll we'll keep putting bugs in people's ears as it gets closer to that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Swamp Thing. Oh, do you have a webcomic recommendation, Jesse? I do. I do. Awesome. Um, awesome. I need to pull up a screen real quick. Uh, but... Uh, one of the web comics I've been wanting to kind of highlight for a while now is uh, Bug Pudding, and Bug Pudding is a strip done by uh, J.P. Keselinski, and he does it with his oldest daughter, uh, Sarah Keselinski Bernstein, and uh, so it's you know it's a collaborative thing between this father daughter duo. The name comes from uh, Bug Pudding is is. Uh, like a name for what happens when bugs hit your windshield. <laughs> and uh, and so he does, the, you know, like the cast of characters are all like these little critters that uh, inhabit this backyard type of, you know, like this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So it all takes place in this one neighborhood and you have all these different adventures that happen. Um, his character, you know, like his art style or, or their art style is uh, is heavily influenced by like Tex Avery, Chuck Jones. He's got a whole list of influences um, on his about page. And uh, you can definitely see kind of that style of cartooning inherit in the, in the artwork. And uh, they, you know, he updates every Tuesday and Thursday, pretty, pretty much clockwork. And it's, it's kind of uh, it's kind of adventure based slash uh, comic strip based, you know, like your typical newspaper comic strip. But uh, you know, there's a story arc that goes on, and he's got different uh, chapter breaks set up on the website so that you can jump into different adventures. Uh, you can go back to the beginning of like the current adventure, that kind of thing. And uh, it's it's a very cool style of artwork, and he's uh, just a stand up gent in general. Uh, one of one of the people that I talked to on Twitter that he is just a huge promoter of of everyone's work. Really, if you go to his website uh, along the left side of his page, you know, and this is this isn't something that everybody does. Um, he's got links to tons of comics, and he's even got them broken down by like good comics you could read on a Monday, uh, comics that come out on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Uh, comics that come out Monday, Thursday, Tuesday comics. He's got a, he, he kind of curates this incredible list of comics, uh, which I'm, I'm very proud to say uh, I'm on the list. Oh, nice. Uh, under, mm-hmm. under web, under web comics. And so uh, just a stand up dude and, and a huge promoter of independent web comics for sure. So been wanting to give him a shout out for a while now. Mm-hmm. So check him out at bug uh, www.bugpudding.com. We will. 
<laughs> and uh, and we might use, <laughs> yeah, use his little side list too. Find some. Yeah, that's yeah, cool that he does got, that yeah. for sure. He's got a great list, yeah. And and not like I said, not every not every artist does that. And mm-hmm. in fact, I I, I kind of want to borrow his his idea there. Yeah, it's a really nice thing to do. I would imagine though, it would be a little time consuming. Uh, right. Well, right. and it's kind of a sacrifice too. I mean, it's it's like free advertising for all of these people mm-hmm. to have a link that that goes to goes off of his site. Uh-huh. You know? mm-hmm. I mean, every time you put a link on your site, that's a, a potential escape route for mm-hmm. any person that's viewing your website. Right. And so the fact that he's uh, you know he's really curating a cool list of of links mm-hmm. is that much cooler. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Okay, I've got one. Just because I wasn't sure if you were going to have one, and I felt bad not having any webcomics. Twice in a row. Twice in a row. So I was just going to do Cyanide and Happiness. But it's been around for forever. I'm sure people have seen it, and if you have not, shame on you. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, And it's kind of – it's a benchmark comic for, you know, like – was it XKCD is is one of the big stick figure comics, but – like for my money, I'm I'm more of a cyanide and happiness guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. And it's 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 um, it's not for the easily offended. That's no. for sure. No, you got to no. throw that disclaimer. Yeah, uh, actually, uh, uh, someone w- recommending web comics recommended that saying, "If you're a horrible person, you, you might like cyanide and happiness." And uh-huh. I'm like, I love cyanide and happiness. You know, I actually saying that, I wonder how how uh, how many people that work on um. Cards Against Humanity. I wonder how many of those people read Cyanide and Happiness on a regular basis. You know, it's so funny because, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was also recommended along with Cyanide and Happiness. Because um, you're talking about um that, I, I forget his last name, but that Seth guy mm-hmm. that we talked to briefly at, um, oh, what was that convention? Ausfest. Ausfest. He mm-hmm. recommended, if you're a horrible person, read Cyanide and Happiness. And that made him also think of Cards Against Humanity, and he's like, "If you're also if you're if you're also a horrible person, you might want to try this game." And we're like, "I like them both." <laughs> they kind of do go hand in hand because they're the same type of um, humor through on PC shock value type sure, stuff. Sure, yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, a lot of times, Sign and Happiness though is just like weird, like yeah. like strange, random. And, and they've had they've been doing shorts on YouTube for a while, but they've actually mm-hmm. like formed them into like a show, and the show consists of random nonsense scenes. It's almost like a skit show, mm-hmm. but they huh. they've actually put together um their like episodes, and they're about eleven to fifteen minutes long um, mm-hmm. episodes of animated cyanide and happiness shows. Mm-hmm. One thing that mm-hmm. always intrigued me about that is that it's not like the work of one person. They seem to have three or four, like, on-staff cartoonists that do it, mm-hmm. that release strips. Mm-hmm. I thought that's kind of interesting. Well, not only that, but, I mean, I don't know... It's like a brand. I, I don't know that they... how much they um use them, but I know they have a thing where people can submit um their strips to them. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh... Which I thought was kind of cool. Huh. But... Yeah, it's that's an interesting take on the webcomic thing. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, if you're on Facebook ever, I'm sure most people have seen them pop up at one point. Oh, in time. sure, yeah. They get oh, yeah. shared an awful lot, mm-hmm. so. But that's one of my favorite things. Mhm. 
Um, okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have a webcomic. You guys, you guys have great webcomic recommendations. So <laughs> go watch. Go read those. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know. This became Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, yeah. That was a horrible Beavis. Well, that was something entirely different, but <laughs> also disturbing. <laughs> Okay, poll list pick. Do we want to do this? Do we want to do, do poll list? Yeah, do it. Okay. Actually, I don't even remember anymore. I need to. I need to get back on the website myself and check it out. I don't even know what we have as options for the poll list anymore. It's getting to be like a sweeping grouping of choices mm. now. There's like two or three of them that seem to get all the votes, though. Yeah. And then we get like one here and one there that has one vote. Mm-hmm. I almost think we need to maybe trim it down because yeah, I yeah. mean not cut off because several of them have at least received one vote not cut those out oh cut cut any that haven't received a vote at all do we yeah. have any that are zero votes yeah just to trim it down maybe it'll be less intimidating people might be more inclined to throw their vote in mm-hmm. yeah 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 um, although more often than not it seems like when we get a new vote it's somebody suggesting another book for it, yeah. which is fine. Oh, yeah, something totally new, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, which is fine, and I don't really want to trim those off. I want to keep those there, but, but yeah, I could probably trim that list down a little bit, take some of them off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never really thought about that. We have this potential for an unlimited list of one vote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. There's probably, like, at least, there's probably ten on there that have one vote mm-hmm. each, <laughs> so... Um, maybe at some point we'll have to put a limit and, and, uh, when one drops off the list, then it's open. I I don't even know if that's a possibility. No, that's, well, yeah, that's possible because I could just, when people uh, add new ones, I could create a list and when they suggest a new one, I'll add that to the list. So then when we knock one off that we read, the next one that was suggested could go on the list or something. So yeah, that's possible. Okay. But one did have two votes. And one had three votes, so we have a winner. Whoa. What? And I think you're excited about this, although I am I think it'll be something that Melanie's already read, and I've read at okay. least most of, but we can reread it. Um, saga. Oh, yeah. Okay. Saga okay. is awesome. Yeah. Have you ever read any Saga, Jesse? Um, actually, I have uh, a Saga trade that I have not read, so... Ooh, um, do you know which if one? We start, if we start at the beginning, then I'll be good. That was my suggestion, because we actually, <laughs> okay. we have that here as well. We have a volume one uh, oh, yeah. somewhere Excellent. around here. So, yeah, okay, so we'll read Saga volume one. I'm not sure what issues that covers, but it's the yeah. beginning of Saga. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which Excellent. I, actually, I think I'll reread anyway, because it's been a while. Yeah, I don't think I finished it, but either way, yeah, it's been a while now, since I read some of it. So, what's what is the synopsis of it? I don't remember. I remember it being highly recommended, and then yeah, I was like, "Well, I'll check this out," and then I never actually. Yeah, it's one of it's it's been one of the very popular image books, and yeah, it's, it's one great. Seems like it wins some type of award every great year. Great story, great art. I love, I love it, um, but I'm still I'm currently still reading it. So mm-hmm. you know the the like oh yeah on ongoing. Whatever, but um, 
there's two uh, species, I guess, uh, that that have been at war for a really long time, and uh, a couple, one, like one of the soldiers from these two different groups, meet up and fall in love and have a baby. It's a and, little bit of a Romeo and Juliet type thing, huh? Uh, well, no, not really. It's not. It's not quite like that. Um, and then they're being chased and on the run because they represent, you know, like a unity of these people that okay. neither side really wants. So they've got the, these two two groups and mm-hmm. and then some others that are involved also chasing them down. You know, trying to capture or possibly kill them. Um, and and then there's. Um, bounty hunters and, and other things involved. And it's just lots of fun, lots it's, of fun, interesting It's things. kind of a really unique universe. It's like a science fiction universe mm-hmm. um, meshed with, like, strange fantasy elements. Mm-hmm. And, um, like, there's a lot of, like, royalty type, like, royalty. Like, right. there's a royal family and all this. But at the same time, there's a guy who, who has a TV for a head. He's one of the royal family. Yeah, I know. But just the idea of, like... <laughs> He's Prince Robot the Fourth. Yeah, see, just like these kind <laughs> okay. of crazy fantasy ideas meshed with sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty unique, but yeah, I that that one I think will be a good read for sure. Mm-hmm. So that's what we'll read next month. Awesome! I'm I'm all excited for it. I thought you would be. This month, however, we read some Judge Dredd. Yes, which was no small feat on its own. Specifically, but not specifically, 2000 AD old school era Judge Dredd, Mm -hmm. which does not narrow it down at all. Not at all. Um, We basically, it's like if we would have put Spider-Man on the full list and said, oh, we're going to read Spider-Man. We're going to read, yeah, (laughs) Spider-Man. It's like, oh, yeah, that's an entire era of this character, Mm -hmm. but... Well, not limited at all. Yeah, exactly. So we didn't know what exactly to read. So I looked up what people would suggest for new readers of old school Judge Dredd. And the book that they recommended, a lot of people seem to recommend, was Judge Dredd Case Files Volume 5, which Mm -hmm. was like a 500-page book. And this is like, what, two, two and a half weeks ago maybe? And I was like, oh, okay, I don't want to... I don't want to dunk in the Wonder Dog us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're trying. We're rushing to finish it like the day day of recording. So I researched um, various story, like notable story arcs from early Judge Dredd, and basically put together our own collection of stories. Um, we were able to search out various um, stories from the original. Uh, what is it? I'm not even sure what it was. Like the 2000 AD magazines and stuff like that. Yeah, because they were just they were just like part of a anthology magazine, right? Mm-hmm. Like several different stories and Judge Dredd, and that was just one of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I almost got it was almost a perfect collection of stories, I think. Except, I wish I would have included. It's either the Child Judge or Judge Child, however it was. The title is. I think if I had included that, it would have been a pretty good set of stories. Yeah, I agree. I, I remember, I think you you seemed sad, but I was like, what's this child judge thing? I wish I had that child judge thing so I knew what he was talking about. Well, that, and then you were like, oh, I should have put that in there. Well, that was one of the ones I was debating, but 
Um, it was another 100 pages or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah it would have added another 100, 150 pages. So I was, Yeah, and I know you guys have lives, but I was kind of like, put the 500 down there, put the 500 down there. I know, well, you probably could have <laughs> through it all. All right, so what we did read, however, we read Judge Whitey, which is a very short story. This is the first appearance of Judge Dredd, so this is the first published Judge Dredd story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's from 1977. Uh, and we, I'll just go through these real quick, but we can kind of break it down talk about the different stories if we want. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since the first bunch were short. I wanted to include some of the shorter ones so we got, like, a good f- flavor of, like, the early one-off, like, one-page Judge Dredd stories. Or right. maybe, like, they were mm-hmm. maybe one page, a couple pages. And then I included one called Krong, which is also from 77. It's an early one. Mm-hmm. Um, because it looked insane and I was like, <laughs> okay, let's do that. That looks ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, that has the first appearance of Maria who was, uh, the, <laughs> was the housekeeper or the yeah. landlady or something. She's housekeeper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, not that notable, but, uh, the return of Rico mm-hmm. from 1977 mm-hmm. also. So an early one, um, that one was a couple pages longer and this is the first appearance and death of Judge Rico, which is Judge Dredd's clone brother. And this is also where we learn, and I never knew this, Dredd's first name is Joe. And <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That blew my mind. I was like, his name is Joe? Yeah, it's like so. <laughs> Joe Dredd. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rico Dredd. Mm-hmm. This is a strange family. Yeah. <laughs> Judge Death from 1980. We jump forward to 1980. That was the first appearance of Judge Death. And then finally, City of the Damned, which was the longer, which is one of the longer arcs. Mm -hmm. Um, It was roughly 90 something pages. And that jumps forward. That's from 84 to 85, 1984 to 85. So we got a little taste from between 77 and 85 of some early dread. And then there was like a like a really modern one at the yeah. end, wasn't there? Like a Tales from the Black Museum or something, mm-hmm. uh-huh. which was like a kind of a interesting side story to City of the Damned. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, what did you guys think? And is this the first time you guys have ever read Judge Dredd? It is for me. Okay. You know, I've, I think I've read uh, bits, but never like a full full thing and so yeah really going back to the beginning it's definitely the first time i've read anything uh of the early stuff i think if i've read if i've read judge dread it was more the more modern stuff like probably idw Mm -hmm. and just like previews that have been on like comiXology or something Mm -hmm. this is the first dread i've read Mm -hmm. and like i said last episode i've always been curious i just haven't ever read any Mm mm-hmm um, the early, like, short one-off stories were kind of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely tell those first couple are very early stories, like mm-hmm. the, the writing style. I wonder if they're using the Marvel method, which which was, you know, draw the art, then then write, uh-huh. uh, you know, then write the script, because it, it, it feels like early Marvel, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way Stanley would really get verbose, but not as, but it's not as bad as that. You don't have like gigantic rectangles telling you everything. What, what did you say, Melanie? You said something about, I said, well, that's like the first, those are like the first Judge Dredge stories. And you're like, oh, from like the forties or something like that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the, 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 the language they used 
the, oh, or, yeah. the, or the slang terms and stuff. I'm like, really? What is this crap? It's like another, I can't even understand what they're trying to talk about. But I think, because uh, they would replace like God with uh, like grot or something. Yeah. Or grood. Grood. Yeah, but that, eventually that I, you know, caught on to, okay, well, this is what's happening here. But. And I think the earlier ones were written very tongue-in-cheek. Like, you've mm. got the King Kong story. Yeah. Essentially. And that was so ridiculous. Again, okay, I mean, not that we really should have to worry about spoilers on something this old. But, uh, spoilers. The, the guy... The, the guy who's controlling these movie mechanical things in the Krong story, like the King Kong robot is falling at him and he's like, well, at least we'll be together or something like that. Yeah. It's just yeah, like yeah. real r- ridiculous, dry, but at the same time over the top. You could definitely tell it's British. Well, even, even in the, uh, even in like the cover of that story, it's dread, like, like, uh, <laughs> like judging him, judging the the robot. Yeah, you don't know at that point it's a robot yet, but yeah, yeah. Like, for, you're gonna get forty years for smashing biplanes. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so that was kind of fun. Worst gorilla ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first story was fun. It was just very, you know, mm-hmm. here's Judge Dredd, here's this, and. These criminals, you know, and and the criminals are ridiculous. Judge Dredd's the worst of them, or the like, the baddest one. We gotta kill him. <laughs> yeah, the criminals were like, like eighties criminals, you know, where they're like, just, just so. They're thugs. They're yeah, like no nothing thugs, and they're like, yeah. hey, look, I've got a helmet on. Yeah. I'm just. Oh. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, I did like that the white. Judge Whitey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked, and this carried through all of them, um, I liked the art style quite a bit. You, the 70s ones, you can definitely tell, had that 70s flair. And then the 80s ones, you could kind of tell had the 80s flair, mainly because of how Anderson looked. Yeah. She had hair. the 80s, 80s hair. <laughs> but oh, um, yeah. I really like the look of... I like the setting a lot, the mega city setting. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like the artists a lot of times had fun going wild with these crazy buildings and like the mm-hmm. bridge, uh, bridges and overpasses over overpasses. And I really like the look of the world and the art was usually pretty detailed. There's just a lot of stuff mm-hmm. they've got scribbled in there. I love the faces. <laughs> really, it's just his mouth, but the mouths that he makes when he's like surprised or uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like his lip is so upturned uh-huh. and, uh, yeah. and it's like Muppet lip almost. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. I wonder how much Jim Henson, like judge dread. <laughs> yeah. Like, Ooh, that's, what, that's like uh Sam Eagle's lip. <laughs> well, it made me think of one of the things that cracked me up about that more recent dread movie I can't remember the guy, Keith Urban or something. Keith something that played Dread. He always had his mouth downturned like that. You uh-huh. know? Like, to an extreme. And yeah, yeah. it's a little goofy, but at the same time, like, I enjoyed it during the movie. But then reading these, especially when you get, like, a profile shot of Dread, uh-huh. like, it's to a T because he's always got his mouth like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's funny. It's like even with the even going back to the Stallone movie, it's like okay, I kind of get why they oh, cast yeah. him in the first. I mean, he's like yeah. it's a, it's not a good story, but I it was a probably a pretty spot on casting because uh-huh. <laughs> Stallone true. has that crazy crazy dread lip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like duck well, is it duck face only it's dread lip. The dread lip. <laughs> yeah. That's the new. That's gonna catch on. <laughs> Yeah, we need to do. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna start a whole thing where people hashtag Dreadlip and do selfies with Dreadlip. Yeah, the duck do face it, is do it. Duck Listeners, face is gone. All two of you. All two of you. <laughs> all two of you. <laughs> send us your send us your selfies uh, with a with a Dreadlip hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Dreadlip. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I love it. Do do it. This is a thing now. The Dreadlip. <laughs> We're making history in 2015. Yeah, trendsetters from the past, <laughs> from the seventies. What else? Oh, the writing got pretty serious pretty quick. I mean, there was always, I think, humor through all of it, mm-hmm. but it was interesting going from those earlier, super early ones to not even that much further later when you've got like the Judge Death story, or even the Rico story, mm-hmm. where you get kind of a more serious, a little bit longer committed story. You know, uh, not knowing anything really about Judge Dredd, other than I did watch the movies, but mm-hmm. um, I was kind of surprised that they had so much, um, like, alien and supernatural things mm-hmm. going on uh, in the stories. That's one thing I liked, uh and it wasn't all that apparent to me till reading that last story was that they seemed to pretty much be able to do whatever they wanted. It was, it's science fiction, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, there's yeah. aliens, there's ghost type creatures like uh-huh. vampires. It, time, time travel. I wasn't ready for any of that. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Time travel. Giant robot monkey. And yeah, <laughs> everything you could ever want. I liked, yeah, I liked how gonzo it was, where they would just, like, eh, throw, like, any idea they wanted in there mm-hmm. and run with it. And that's part of what I think made it so fun. Yeah. Yeah. We should search and see if they have a Robot Space Pirates, because... Robot Space Pirates? The ultimate. Another story I almost cut oh. out was um, a big thing to do with robots, actually. So there's a big story, like, one of the first long storylines were... Uh, involved robots and servants, robot servants and a robot uprising or something mm-hmm. in Which the city. Also sounds pretty cool. Yeah, there's yeah. Um, I really like these stories. I thought I thought it was cool, and I definitely. Mm-hmm. When, and dread dread is like he's got the one liners that belong in like an Expendables movie. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you, like you posted one on Twitter. Uh-huh. I think. That was epic, and I was like, oh my god, I need to get caught up. <laughs> when I read that, I was like, I need to read that line. Oh, man, okay, I'm sorry I posted that before you got to it in the story then, but yeah, that was my favorite bit during the time travel story mm-hmm. where they're talking about how they're going to deal with fixing that situation, and Anderson's like, it's it's already happened, we've been there, we've seen it, it's happened, mm-hmm. and Dredd says... Well, then I'll unhappen it. And it just cracked me up. I was like, oh my God. I, I, I'm pretty sure I posted it to Twitter like five seconds after I read it. I was like, that's going somewhere right now. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That, that's, a, that's such a good line. Then I'll unhappen it. Um, the Rico one, I can't, there's not a lot popping out to me other than the fact that we found out. Oh, we do get a bit of a story because. Mm-hmm. 
they're essentially maybe I misread this because I know Rico is a clone. Or they're, they're both clones. They're clones. They're basically test tube babies. Yeah, they're both. They're basically the same person. And they're made and raised to be judges, right? Yep. And that's something I didn't know about mm-hmm. the dread mythos. The, the, the thing that I found especially interesting about it was that Rico was better. Yeah, Rico so, was a better judge. Yeah, so Judge Dredd, who's the big bad guy, was, I mean, not not as in a bad guy, but, you know. He's the big tough, the tough big, guy, yeah. Yeah, the big top judge mm-hmm. was actually the lesser of the two until yeah. until Rico went bad, so. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting how they handled that whole Rico thing where it's like his, it's as as this uh, that synopsis said, it's his origin and death story in yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do they bring him back though? I mean, like, because th- they bring back like Anderson. Because, like, yeah, spoiler, I- something happens to Anderson. Because, like, when you posted that, I had just gotten done with the judge death uh, stuff, and oh, I was yeah. like, "Wait, Anderson comes back? Well, clearly she comes back." Yeah, that's another point. gap. I'm not sure how she comes back because, yeah, yeah, that was that was something I was wondering. I'm like, okay, does is there an issue that we don't have where she comes back, or is it just like they completely overlooked that? Because I know there's there's certain things where you know, they're independent. I mean, it's all together, but they're independent of each other. So if somebody dies, well, they died in that issue, but that issue's a different issue and they're alive in the next, you know. Yeah. I don't necessarily yeah. like how anime works where yeah. they, they reboot a series and, and it has nothing to do with mm-hmm. the previous right. incarnations. Um, but no, I think we just missed wherever they brought her back because in the last story that we read, mm-hmm. uh, she, mentions Judge De- uh, Judge Death again, but uh-huh. she mentions Judge Death and his, like, cronies or whatever. Uh-huh. So that would make me oh, believe that. so he must come back a few times, too. And that's why mm-hmm. she was she was essentially put out of commission, was because she, Judge Death was inside her, so they locked locked them in that cube. Yeah. I thought that was a cool end to a story, too. It totally made me think of Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Oh, <laughs> Carbonite, yeah. Where they had the DJ with the crazy... The oh, eyeballs, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks like he looks like uh, I don't know, like a nineteen. He's got the fifties pale blue cornflower suit on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this is a DJ from the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like he should be spinning big, big bopper hits and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That judge De- judge death story was pretty wild because mm-hmm. yeah, you've got out of nowhere, this kind of ghost demon type creature. But he was, I, I'm not, he's an alien though, isn't he? Kind yeah, of. yeah. I think he was basically from like another plane mm-hmm. where they, mm. where they decided that being alive was a crime. So mm-hmm. he was coming to judge everybody who was alive mm-hmm. by reaching inside of them. And so you think he was from another like dimension or just what? from, yeah, he he flat out says it, doesn't he? I think I he was from that. like another dimension. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I think so. Um and I liked I liked that his outfit was like instead of the eagle shoulder pad, it was like a bat and the one side was like bones and stuff, so it mm. was really like a twisted version of their costume. Yeah. Also, I wonder how many artists that have had to draw Judge Dredd cussed whoever came up with the original design because their costumes, the judge costumes, mm-hmm. are so detailed. I bet that becomes a pain sometimes. Yeah. Because they've got... Oh, yeah. They each have the badge with their name on it, and they've got the shoulder pads that are both different and have, like, the eagle and the little mm-hmm. designs. I did uh, I did, I did a Judge Dredd uh, card, and 
yeah, talking about the the environment and that uniform, mm-hmm. it is. It's ridiculous. It's like uh, they put so much detail into Mega City that uh, yeah. you know, it's like like when you get down into the sub levels, the grime that they put on everything, mm-hmm. the textures, it's it's really detailed. So doing anything with it does. It takes an a massive amount of time. I was super impressed with the level of detail in all the stories. Mm-hmm. Um, the art was pretty consistent throughout the like 10 years that we pulled stories from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Even though some of them were in color and some of them weren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it all works. Mm-hmm. Well, and some of the stuff we read, like I, I, some of the stuff was color reprints, but most of it was where they'd have a couple color pages and then black and white pages. Uh-huh. I thought that, uh-huh. I mean, I don't, I get you were saying it was from a magazine, so it doesn't work that way, but I, in my brain, when I was reading them, I thought that must have been like the cover was in color, and then the rest of it was black and white. Yeah, that's kind of how it seemed for the um, city of the uh, city of the dam stuff, mm-hmm. because every new like you could tell chapter or whatever from the next issue, mm-hmm. the first page or couple pages would be in color, and then it would go to black and white. Yeah, and it, honestly, it looked good in both, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes. Well, I, I think the artwork, most of the artwork was made to be in black and white, but mm-hmm. I find sometimes black and white stuff with, like, that's supposed to be colored and isn't kind of gets murky, but I didn't find it, like, I didn't find a, like, it didn't seem muddy at all. Uh-huh. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and when you're drawing specifically for that style, I think you get really good at figuring out how to do so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To keep the contrast like use, up and without... The, yeah, you use the contrast a lot more. Like, uh... I'm I'm looking at that page where they describe what's going on, and he he is he's from another dimension, Judge mm-hmm. Death, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at that page where um, he possesses Anderson, or Anderson reaches out to him, mm-hmm. and then she's basically the mouthpiece of of Death, mm-hmm. uh, and it zooms in on on just her teeth. Oh yeah, and it's like oh yeah, that's a good way to uh, you know to to handle that that pseudo-possession, mm-hmm. because his teeth are so prominent mm-hmm. in his character design. Yeah, I really liked... The art looked good. It was um, not straightforward, but I didn't find, like, like the layouts were good mm-hmm. and stuff. I never really had a trouble had trouble following the action. I thought it was funny, actually, now that you mentioned it. There was one that I looked at the page, and I was a little, it looked a little jumbled, and I was like, wait a minute. And then I noticed... After each panel, there was like an arrow to the next one you're supposed oh, yeah. to look at, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, well, that's really helpful." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They actually affected the borders. Like they they pulled the the panel border became an arrow that mm-hmm. pushed into the next one you were supposed to read. Right. Oh yeah, that reminds me. That's one of the little art touches I really appreciated. Was like, I think in the city of the dam story where they're in the future city and like it's all smoky and crappy. Mm-hmm. Um, like they would use the border of the panels themselves in the art, like mm-hmm. this, like a smoke, it, like you'd notice a string of smoke or fog or whatever would mm-hmm. drift through several panels, and it would cut off the panel lines in that area, and that would become part of the fog of the smoke, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. But they did that several times, and you know, I'm sure that's not innovative, but it was just one of the little touches that I appreciated. I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. wow, that's yeah. that's nice, using the gutters in interesting ways. Yeah. I like it too. Um, what was your guys' favorite story out of these? That's tough. 
It kind of is. I, I think that, uh, you know, like, I feel like the, uh, was it City of the Damned? Mm-hmm. That one was, you know, it was obviously the longest, so it was the most realized mm-hmm. out of the ones that we read. But I, I really, you know, as short as it was, the Judge Death one was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was, I mean, my my issue too. I mean, I really, I like the Judge Death one, but the other one was so dominant that... Yeah, I guess that kind of makes it an unfair question to ask because, yeah. Yeah. It is the most fleshed out. Mm-hmm. It's hardcore at times. Mm-hmm. Dread loses his eyes, and I was uh-huh. I was really surprised by that. I was like, oh. But yeah, then, I was like, how are they going to do this? And then, then he comes back, and they've got a fix for it. And, and then he's joking wow. about, oh, I should have got new peepers forever ago. I can mm-hmm. see 2020. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, even when it happened, I was figuring as long as they got back, mm-hmm. there'd be some way to fix that. It's future. Come on. It's future time. Yeah. But, but that was oh, yeah. pretty interesting. I mean, you know, they're in the middle of this, like, pretty hardcore situation as it is and he gets his eyes gouged out and has to go the rest of like they haven't even got to the big bad guy yet Mm -hmm. and he's lost his eyes (laughs) hell street blues oh yeah (laughs) they're they're all like vampires in the future or something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. not quite vamp i don't know were they vampires yeah they were like vampires because it seemed okay so that mutant creature which is kind of like a clone of that of judge child which we didn't read Mm -hmm. it seemed like he could what like twist fabric of reality into whatever he wanted it seemed to be yes so yeah i think he just straight up made them vampire creatures they're blue vampires all the judges so is i am legend in the future with a mutant clone of a judge child yeah (laughs) and there's random acid pools around the city and there were other weird creatures running about Uh too oh that's true yeah it was actually scaro (laughs) (laughs) yep Yep. That's they right. went to Scaro with vampires. Vampire Scaro. Vampire Scaro. They just haven't gotten the little machines yet to drive around yeah. in. The college hadn't made the Daleks yet. That's so. right. The, the, only, the only criticism I can give is they do the thing where they have a bad guy who's, like, super powerful, and then the only reason he loses is because he, like, doesn't act. You know what I mean? Oh, he doesn't no, take no. advantage of, like, instead of just killing Dredd yeah. and Anderson or whatever, yeah. he's like, well, here's Vampire Dredd from the present. Mm-hmm. I'll just let him take care of you. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But... But, I mean, that's how it goes. That's the... That's... Yeah. That's when you've written a character so powerful mm-hmm. that you need a way around, like, you need to figure out how can we defeat this guy. Right. Well, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely like to read more, and I will read more. Joe Dredd, Iron Man, I'm going to see you squirm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're so great. Joe Dredd. Ne- next program, Eyeless in Hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the titles. The, their title cards are like so, yeah, over-the-top epic. I liked the I like that too the tongue in cheek, um, ridiculous, ridiculousness of it. It's pretty good. <laughs> Next program, dread end. <laughs> and they love their puns. Yeah, I like can that, see why. Yeah, they do. The Hell Street Blues and all that. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good suggestion. Yeah. I see why. Dread was such a thing, and it's still around. 
So apparently it's a time investment, but it's a time investment well spent, ladies and gentlemen. So this has been pull approved by the pull list. <laughs> yeah. All right. Saga of the Swamp Thing Book 5. Even though technically it's just Swamp Thing at this point. Yeah. But Saga of the Swamp Thing Book 5. This covers issues of Swamp Thing number 51 through 56. And I've decided, now I know I say this every time we do these things. But this <laughs> You're kind is, of a swamp slut, aren't you? I, I really am. I'm a filthy swamp slut. <laughs> But Which I, is ironic, considering the theme of this book. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it is. So, yeah, I've decided this is definitely my favorite book of the six books. Nearly? I think so. Okay. Well, it's got Blue Swampy. <laughs> yeah. And it's got Batman. Yeah. Okay, it is, it is pretty good. I think the last is my favorite, though. The last book? Yes. Oh. Jesse hasn't even got there yet. No. Oh, he doesn't even know the insane, insanity. Nope. It's it's on its way. It's it's. Oh, you, Prime. you you ordered it? Yeah. Oh yeah, man, so it'll be it'll be coming. I've 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 got quite the library of them coming. So wow. Or or, or established. So it's like ah, I might as well get the next one too. All right. Well, this is that, the, so that's some of my Christmas money at work right there. This is the last one. Uh, book six is the last one that you'll have to get for us anyway. So right, right. Yeah. And yeah. I I kind of want to. I was about to start talking about stuff that happens in book six, but I won't. Well, don't. We're saving that. <laughs> Save the best for last. We're gonna have to. <laughs> we're gonna have to make good on our promise almost a year ago that when we told Jesse, well, since we've committed this like year long swamp study segment, that when this is over, we'll have to come up with a new segment, but we'll let Jesse pick it out so that you know because oh, we pretty oh, much snap. made him read and essentially at this pipe point buy all the books yeah um so <laughs> oh boy i'll have to find yeah i don't know so jesse gets to tell us what to read next okay. I'll, tr- I'll try to do us proud well we'll yeah we'll take it as it goes let's see saga the swamp thing book five okay i did do summaries some of them are they're not as long as usual and i meant not to make them long but um i'll try to blow through these pretty quick. And again, as always, we're spoiling the crap out of all these books. So if you haven't read these books from what, 30 years ago, get on it. Should. You're running a little behind. You're running a little behind. Catch up. <laughs> Although to be fair, the what part of the thing that got me into Swamp Thing was Kevin Smith straight up read several of these issues that we're going to be talking about today, spoiling them all, of course, on one of his podcasts. Mhm. He read this oh, yeah. whole like Gotham storyline, but mm-hmm. it was great. So that was part of the reason I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, let's check this out." So yeah. spoiling is not necessarily bad. Mm-hmm. It's what the journey, not the I don't know what's the saying. I don't it, know. I don't it's know. the journey, not the end. I don't know. Destination. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, Swamp Thing number fifty-one. Swamp Thing is on his way back from the ultimate battle of light versus dark. Meanwhile. Meanwhile. Abby is, <laughs> Abby is being put through the court system for her crimes against nature because of her relationship with Swampy. We've seen little bits of that being set up in the last book, I believe, where mm-hmm. that yeah. skeezy What's guy... What's happening you know. at home while he's off saving yeah. the universe or being president. <laughs> See, so Abby skips out on her bail and takes off to a random large city. 
She is mistakenly arrested as a prostitute once she gets to this city and finds herself right back in custody, custody this time in Gotham. Ooh. Swamp Thing returns to the swamp, unaware of all this, until now. And he is angry. Mm-hmm. So that's what yeah. happens in 51. When he kind of parts ways with everybody from that last, um, you know, like Dead Man and The Stranger, mm-hmm. and he gets back to the swamp, and he kind of parts ways with John Constantine. and mm-hmm. Which was a fun, kind of a fun exchange. Uh, Constantine does that really lame joke. I actually read this. I reread this just like a couple of days ago. Um, Constantine does that lame joke of how do you, what do you, what do you say? How do you stump a vegetable or something? How, yeah. How do you baffle a vegetable? Yeah. And then he just leaves. Like, <laughs> I don't know. How do you baffle a vegetable? And yeah. It's gone. <laughs> yeah. I also liked, speaking of the vegetable thing, uh, when, uh, Abby was in jail talking to, talking the-, to the lady who had been arrested for having fish sticks down her top. I don't know how that works, but, uh, She's like, what are, what are you in jail for? And she's like, hugging vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Man, they make uh, Bullock, like, disgusting. Yeah, Every, they do. Alan Moore, like, plays up the gross factor on Bullock. And he's munching, like, sloppily munching a hot dog in every panel that he's in. <laughs> every yeah. panel, up till, the, up till, like, towards later when it would be inappropriate in that one set scene. But, yeah, yeah he's always eating the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's just got a big nasty face and Yeah. Um number fifty two. Swampy rages through the green all the way to Gotham. He interrupts he interrupts Abby's court hearing and demands she be allowed to go free, or he will overtake the city with the green. So the overgrowth begins and nudists. <laughs> and and nudists. He even uh he comes in contact with the Floronic man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love like the writing I think is Awesome! That oh, yeah. whole time when he's when he's when he's hauling over to Gotham, mm-hmm. and Moore's writing this like he explains it like an orchestra when it starts, and he's like you know he flies through this the um, suburban area like the sour whispers of a woodwind come in, and then the strings blah blah blah, and then downtown the percussion hits and stuff like that. And I appreciated that. I thought that was cool. Call back to way back when, uh, Floronic Man. Wah. Wow. Yep, yep. He finds Floronic Man in, in Arkham. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that bit, too, when he's talking about when he's going to find him, and he's like, so there's something about Two-Face that I don't remember, but he's like, and he's careful to uh, avoid the, the the white thing giggling in itself. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, where he's going through <laughs> different rooms in Arkham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's really good writing there, and that's a super cool scene. And then I like... I, I really like through this whole thing how they handle, um, particularly the bits where you go to like Abby's point of view, and she's getting shuffled in and out of these court this courthouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like how they handle that, and and he gets Swamp Thing finally gets to her th- through this rose that she was handed outside, mm-hmm. and that whole scene is super cool. He explodes into this like whole. Uh, thing of roses mm-hmm. out of the ground, kind of thing. So romantic. I I really well, I actually really do like that use of rose. Like, yeah, yeah, the roses. Of course, you know that's mm-hmm. it's funny, and but it's written like you feel for. Well, I feel for Swampy when I'm reading this, like because mm-hmm. 
this whole time he's going through this war and he comes back and the whole time he's just excited to get back and see Abby mm-hmm. and she's not there and she's in this situation and he's just ooh, rages out there and you feel for him. I feel for him, but more so I feel for her. Yeah. How many times reading this, not just this book, but this series, have I been like, poor Abby. She gets the raw deal over nonstop. and over and over. <laughs> yeah. She gets nothing but bad things happen I to know. her. Of course, Abby's like, well, you know, don't, I don't want anybody to get hurt here. Yeah. And so he gives the ultimatum of like, you know, at sundown or dusk or sun up or something, you know, hand her over mm-hmm. or there's going to be consequences. And he starts kind of flexing his green muscles and yeah. taking over this Gotham. whole like Tron light cycle thing where like, he's just like zooming around uh-huh. Gotham and he's got all the vegetation just growing up in his uh, light, his green light tracer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it this one or the next one where the people, it starts a little bit at the end of this one. Okay. And that's why I mentioned and the nudists because like, yeah. there are some people oh, who yeah, are yeah. pretty quick to be like, Oh, it's forest and strip their clothes off and go running, you and, know? Uh, yeah. And, and you know, Eating of the fruit might have something to yeah. do with that also. The next one oh, definitely yeah. definitely hits on that. Mm-hmm. When at the end of this issue, we get two big reveals. We get the reveal of uh, the fact that they brought in Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And then we get, obviously, we get Batman at the end. And it's the, oh, I wrote down the name of the organization. The DDI, I think, which is mm-hmm. that organization that was involved with General Sunderland way back at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they come into play. Um, in fact, there's a couple times in this book that they pull characters they reference from that. Yeah. They reference the Sunderland affair issue number 53. Oh, and mentioning the Lex Luthor thing. I like that thing where they bring him in to consult, like mm-hmm. how can yeah, we deal yeah. with the swamp thing? Uh-huh. And he agrees to do it a 10 minute, a 10 minute meeting for $10 million. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, let's, I know how to deal with, uh, indestructible creatures. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I just like the idea that all he needs is 10 minutes. They pay him, you know, you pay me $10 million and I'll tell you what to do. Yeah. Yeah. And he finishes in less than 10 minutes. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Nine <laughs> minutes and something no, seconds. Yeah. A little bit of swagger about that. Gives you time to sign the check. Yeah. <laughs> Issue number 53. Uh, the city is a jungle and not even Batman can stop Swamp Thing. We can talk more about that in a moment. Uh, the authorities are in a hard place because releasing Abby would set a bad precedent. However, Batman is able to sway the lawmakers, uh, sway the lawmakers' position by pointing out that Abby and Swampy are not the only ones in a cross-species relationship, including that big guy in Metropolis. Oh, yeah. Uh, the charges are dropped, and Abby is released into the arms of Swamp Thing. It is not all roses, though, because the DDI, that dastardly organization from way back in the days of the conflict with Sunderland, Still want Swampy dead. With a plan provided by Lex Luthor, I know that was set up in the last issue, but I kind of lumped it into this one. Uh, They seize the opportunity to put Swampy down. As Swamp Thing and Abby are publicly reunited, they shoot Swampy with a device that traps him inside his current body, then hit him with napalm. Which, that was one of the longer summaries, because a lot of stuff happened in this issue. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so much. You see characters come back like that hippie, uh-huh. Guy uh-huh. Comes mm-hmm. back in this episode, you know, in this issue, and yeah. yeah, yeah, you get wow, a lot happened because yeah, you kind of see a, a, like the rise of um, a bunch of supporters of the Swamp Thing. Uh-huh. Uh, that hippie comes back. Uh, those tubers 
are growing around mm. places and people are eating them. Oh, yeah. Yep. That one cop eats one. <laughs> and he's like, you're so pretty today. Yeah, to yeah he tells his other cop buddy that. Yeah. It <laughs> uh, cracks me up. <laughs> um, Batman has his, Batman and Swamp Thing have their confrontation. Batman shows up in uh, a tank of sorts. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's like a flamethrower. Yeah. He's going to go all, all aliens on him. Uh, this whole thing is kind of interesting because you see, like, you see Swamp Thing do major stuff, but, like, I think you get to see Swamp Thing doing stuff on a much larger, like, using his abilities in a much larger way, a much mm-hmm. larger scale than he has in the past. Yeah. Including... Well, yeah, like, he, he does the clones of himself. Yeah. Giant-sized Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. In the... was, this, was this issue a giant-sized Swamp Thing? Uh, um, with all the stuff they had in it, it seems like it should be, but I don't think it was, but it should have been because they had that giant size swamp thing in it. It is giant size oh, it spectacular is? swamp thing. Yeah. Oh, I was wrong. Or at least that's what they're putting on the, on the cover. Giant size spectacular. Oh, well, no wonder so much happened in it. Mm-hmm. It was a giant size swamp thing. That's awesome. With the redwood. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. He redwood pulls up. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they had a, uh, they had the, the, the flowers that he created influencing insects, bringing plagues of insects mm-hmm. down. I, I appreciated that. And then I don't know that he actually did it or not, but where he made reference to um, flora in in human intestinal tracts. Yeah, he and threatened. I was like, yeah, that's that's hardcore right there. Yeah, he yeah. brought the reality down on him. Mm-hmm. It's like I can get you. Right now. He's like, yeah. I haven't been mean yet. Yeah. Right. You know, no mean. I I enjoy the speech that speech that Batman gives mm-hmm. to sway the officials. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, we got so-and-so and so-and-so and whoever and whoever. And isn't that, isn't she like descendant of cat people and mm-hmm. this and that. And then the reference to Superman, just like. Yeah. This is not uncommon. Yeah. He- yeah. When he threatens, he threatens to flat out kill Swamp Thing if he ever he like. He gets trounced by Swamp Thing, but and but then he's like, "If you ever do this to my city again, then I'll kill you." Yeah, and Swamp Thing says with a smile, "I do believe you will," or something like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes, I do believe that you might. I, I like that. I like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Especially the smile from Swamp Thing, like it's a yeah. like a friendly yeah. like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you will. <laughs> you know the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that was good. And then, yeah, and then so they, uh, what is it, L- Luthor? Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you know, if you create this device that'll attune the frequencies, blah blah blah, he'll be stuck in his body, and you can kill him. Right. But basically, yeah, basically he can't connect to the green. Mm-hmm. Hence, we get. Blue Swampy. Yeah. So, yeah, Blue Swampy. So it's never good. It's never good for Abby. It's never good for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Because Abby finally gets out and they start to have a nice moment. And they burn Swamp Thing in front of her. Yeah. All right. Issue 54. Abby's trying to deal with the apparent death of Swamp Thing when we discover her old friends Liz and Dennis. Liz Tremaine and Dennis. I can't remember his last name. Are still alive. But in a pretty bad relationship. Yeah. When all is said and done, the rather deranged Dennis is dead. Liz, the, I, I breezed through this one pretty quick. Yeah. Because it's essentially okay. a one-off story. Yeah. Um, when all is said and done, 
The rather deranged Dennis is dead, Liz is pretty broken, and Abby resolves to let her grief strengthen instead of consume her. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a pretty crazy story, mm-hmm. and I don't we like. I don't think those characters outside of that first issue Alan Moore did, um, Loose Ends, mm-hmm. made it into any of the other stories. Mm-hmm. But that that guy puts a number on Liz. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She's it's like your classic, uh, your classic abuse story, but like amped up mm-hmm. a couple of degrees. Uh-huh. Like she thinks there's some kind of like post-apocalyptic world type thing happening. Yeah, yeah, and she'll, she's it's like abusive brainwashed. Uh huh. Well, and she mentions that she has a lot of times she has trouble forming words and this and that. She it infers that he's been drugging her. Yeah, because she's like an award-winning author. She should be. Smart, but this one's cool because you see Abby being strong, and yeah, on her own, yeah, on her own, and using like skills that she picked up from Swamp Thing mm-hmm. to like read. Well, you know, not like supernatural skills, but skills to read the swamp and mm-hmm. aware of her surroundings and stuff like that, and uses that to her advantage to ex- escape this uh, Dennis guy. The whole bit was creepy, but I like the part where. Um... Some random guy uh, comes over and starts talking to her about uh, he, can't, he couldn't find uh, Swamp Thing. Oh, so that's in the, was that's that the hippie guy, right? Yeah, was it the hippie guy, Chester. Or, no, that's no. that's in the next issue where they have the oh, funeral. Okay. Oh, is it? I'm because sorry. They, I'm no, away. it's okay because they do. Well, it seems a little backwards, but they do this like story with Liz and Dennis. Oh, okay, and then they do the funeral story. But that's because she, at the end of this, um, Abby decided, you know, she's not going to let the grief consume her. Right. Okay, well, I'm sorry. I she's going to be strong, so then she calls them. them up and is like, okay, well, when okay. you're doing this, I'll, go, I'll come. Well, then. So let's go to that one, I guess. Okay, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> this one's super brief. In fact, I have written down issue number 55, The Funeral of the Swamp Thing. Some really good writing here, but we'll skip to the end. <laughs> so we could talk about the funeral real quick. Because I liked it. Gordon just kind of goes on and on with this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she just starts spacing out and having these daydreams and mm-hmm. swampy. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of heartbreaking. Like that, that, that where she's thinking about coming across, or maybe that was a past memory, coming across that husk that he left behind. Yeah. That'd be oh, yeah. traumatic. Oh, yeah. Or she's talking to it, and then goes to hug it, and it caves in. Mm-hmm. Batman has a little speech, and they put up a statue to Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. which I would like to see referenced. I've never seen no Swamp Thing statue in Gotham. I want to see. Yeah, that what's up with that? Yeah, we see the Big Penny in the Bat Cave all the time, and the dinosaur. I want to see the Swamp Thing statue. The Blue Swamp Thing has been established in the New Fifty Two. Oh, I want to see it. I want to see mm-hmm. more references. Anyway. So, yeah, he escapes because he can't attach to the green, so he finds the blue, like, tangentially, he jumps into a different plane. Yeah, you're kind of right, yeah. So, somewhere, like, at the end, somewhere countless light years away from Earth is a blue planet. This is where Swamp Thing lands after jumping from his burning body on Earth. Yeah. We discover that at the very end. Mm-hmm. Oh, before we get to that, I like I like the framing of the funeral story with the pan down to earth 
Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. The Google Earth map zoomed down to Earth. Yeah. And I really like uh, the writing there about the Earth spinning and people, you know, they just... It spins and they just fall out of their bed into their offices and blah, 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 yeah. and all that. I like that bit. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it does the zoom out, but then that's when it starts to zoom over to this blue planet. So mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. And then, I think my favorite issue of Swamp Thing, which I bought recently. Yeah, the yeah. actual you issue. You a pick of that, didn't you? Yeah. I'm super, I was super excited to get that. Mm-hmm. Issue number 56. Swamp Thing is all alone on this blue planet with no intelligent creatures and no way to know... Uh, what will happen if he tries to jump from this planet? He spends solitary time experimenting with his powers, which was cool. Before long, before long, the loneliness gets to him and even touches upon madness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this that's that last issue is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what's interesting is just flipping back through this, and I didn't catch it at the time, but Abby at the funeral has this little daydream where everything is okay and everybody's all right with their choices. And uh, her her former husband, uh, you know, Matt Cable, mm-hmm. is, is like, it's okay. I've come out of my coma and I've filed for an automatic divorce. Uh-huh. You know, like they've got like the cardboard cutouts of Holland Drive and, mm-hmm. and, and they have this whole like idyllic thing and, and it ends tragically, of course. And, and then uh, you have swampy doing almost the same thing on a yep. different planet yeah mm-hmm. he creates this whole town the that str- the main street there and matt's even there one thing about when abby was thinking about that i found amusing was he pulls up matt pulls up in the car or whatever and he's talking oh yeah, yeah it's yeah, okay yeah. but there's like flies and stuff in the yeah, car. he's got yeah. the flies flying around him and then was it maybe it was an abby's flashbacks but somebody had like this creature on their back it was just there like they don't pay any attention to it, but there's like this little creature. I can't remember who did it. Maybe it was in, yeah, it was in Abby's flashback. I think had this creature on their back. Mm-hmm. Well, she, well, they're waving to her like, "Hey, how's it going?" And I can't remember who that was. But yeah, there were even like when her flashback was good or her her daydream was good. Yeah, there was these little creepy bits in there where it's like, uh-huh. oh, it's not good. Yeah, but I liked seeing Swamp Thing. Um, I like that he was experimenting with powers mm-hmm. because he like made the like air sack so he could float around above the clouds and yeah. he made these like wings so he could fly around. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. then they pop and then he like floats off uh, as like a little dandelion, uh huh, yeah. uh huh, moat type thingy. His cute swampy face. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he sits and talks to himself, and that 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 whole bit was pretty cool. Where he makes another version of himself, and he's playing chess. And the first game ends in stalemate, and the second game ends in stalemate. Mm-hmm. Um, but then talking about like trying to adjust to using like looking out of two or four sets of eyes or two sets of eyes and all that. Uh-huh. But you really get like another look at like how powerful his abilities can be mm-hmm. where he from this weird blue alien um plant uh materials there mm-hmm. does a make a makes a complete rec- a recreation of this town uh-huh. with people running around mm-hmm. and like cars i don't think the cars drove but the cars that sat there and yeah. and, and and i mean just making a person, especially like when he's making Abby, you see how mm-hmm. much detail he puts into it, which is amazing. But to make people with their own 
personalities and stuff uh-huh. that run independently. I mean, I'm sure he kind of like, has some kind of like background paying attention to yeah. it, but you know, yes, wow, yeah, beyond just like causing uh, the vegetation to overgrow Gotham, like he's created this. Yeah, all this stuff that, you know, there's a background process in his brain having to run it all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that's an important thing. He creates a blue version of Abby. Mm-hmm. and She's it, not quite perfect, though. No. Her, that, her, that keep, it, keeps running through. That's like a theme. Her mm-hmm. smile's not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, and he the had, Constantine was eerily accurate. The Constantine was interesting because that's when it really starts to – that's like – I think when Swamp Thing really starts to lose it and he realizes he's losing it because he yeah. seems to get up like, oh, so there's a Constantine. Oh, and he even like the Constantine, Constantine's even smoking, mm-hmm. but like it's yeah. um, like a dust he uses to emulate the smoke. Like spo- uh-huh. Yeah, spores or something. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. But the Constantine cre- recreation mm-hmm. makes him mad. Like, he's not controlling it. Like, it's his own thing. Well, it mm-hmm. turns out it's kind of like his subconscious being like, dude, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. But um, but it would be because that's how Constantine is. So if he was going to, you know. It was accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's when he really starts to lose it. Mm-hmm. And then it starts raining and everything starts to kind of lose its shape. And mm-hmm. he ends up, like, punching... He like punches her, in the nose. punches her in the face. Takes her head off. And then her head comes off. He's like, like stop boom. smiling. Yeah. And I'm like, abusive boyfriend. God. <laughs> yeah. Well, Blue Swampy's a jerk. Hey, Blue Swampy's a jerk. <laughs> she was him. Oh, that was one of the cool things with like him like looking out of the two sets of eyes was the one page where it's got her up top and then him at the bottom. Yeah. yeah they did some fun art stuff. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. At... As always, it goes without saying. There's cool art stuff through all this. Like, I haven't really commented on that, but it's pretty consistent with how the rest of the series has been, and it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm interested to see what they do in the next book, because at the end he winds up realizing that he can't stay here anymore, and he's got to try, even if it means he doesn't make it. He's mm-hmm. going to try to leap back into the green or anywhere else, because mm-hmm. he can't yeah. stay in the blue forever. I'm excited for you to read the next stuff, too. Yeah, because it's the best. I did not realize Blue Swampy was a part of this book. Neither did I. I would think it would have been part of the others, but... But, but yeah, it's... So, yeah. It's this... kind of, it was kind of a nice little end. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise, if you would have ended with just the reveal of Blue Swampy, you'd be like, what? Too much of a cliffhanger when you're com- talking about uh, from trade to trade, yeah. Yeah, and, and since it's just a, one, I mean, it's just one issue where they really deal with it. Yeah, kind of a nice way to end it. Mm-hmm. The next book is pretty wild. I don't want to say anything about it. Obviously, that's going to spoil it for you, but it's it's pretty crazy. It's good. Mm-hmm. I won't spoil it. I did spoil it for Randy a little bit. You did a little bit. That's okay. Yeah. There's just there's stuff. In the next one. <laughs> oh, so things happen. There's things, and they happen. Okay, well, I'll, I'll look forward to that. And they happen hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. For what? For so, all of it? All of it. I'm excited for the next set of sw- Swamp Thing. I'm excited for Saga. Reread. I'm excited for all of it. I made a point this this. I'm excited one. for the new year! 
I made a point to reread Saga of the Swamp Thing book five. Uh-huh. Because uh, some of the other ones we've done, I've kind of skimmed through. Mm-hmm. And I think it's obvious when we'd go to talk about them. But um, I'm glad I reread it, and it kind of made me wish I had been rereading them all every month or mm-hmm. every time we do it. But uh, it's really good, and I think I'm going to keep, I'm going to reread book six for the next time, too. Yeah, me too. And then maybe move past the Alan Moore stuff into what follows, which I have. Well, yeah, done. like look, looking back at uh, the last, was it the last poll list that we did with uh, Red Sun Superman? And there were things that it was like, we were talking about like the Green Lanterns. Well, I went, I went ahead and finished it, uh-huh. you know, like where I, where I had left off in my reading. It was like, oh, yeah, all the Green Lanterns are in this Green Lantern Marine Corps. And that's part of, yeah, that's part of why I wanted to make sure to reread Saga of the Swamp Thing for this, because I felt bad a little bit about last month, um, because I think we all kind of just skimmed it. We, we did all right, you know, like after finishing it, I was like, oh, yeah, we did, we did it pretty, pretty, yeah, we did it justice for the most part. Mm-hmm. At the time of recording, it was a struggle to remember exactly yeah. what happened. But yeah, listening back to it, we did okay, for sure. Yeah. Plus it helps when there's... Like four people that remember different different bits, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I had totally forgotten about the time loop until you mentioned it. I was oh like, man, yeah, I loved that. That was one of my favorite parts. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of the things that stuck out to me in that book in Red Sun. Um, real quick, so you guys don't think I'm crazy. Uh, I don't think it's gonna help, baby. Do it. So Melanie, for Christmas, this is something I just remembered. She got a tablet. Yes, I did. And reading comics, digital comics on her tablet, as opposed oh, to the yeah. phone, is glorious. <laughs> oh yeah, I use I use a iPad for any anything digital. Oh man, we've been using uh, our phones, or I'll read it on the computer. But oh, that tablet is nice. Is it comic? Comic Zine, I think, is the one I use on iPad, and it's awesome because, uh, like, when I do the Humble Bundles, I'll, you know, like, sometimes they have them in CBRs and sometimes they have them in PDFs. Well, you can open both of those in Comic Zine. So, I don't know if that's a Apple-exclusive app or not, but that's a pretty good reader. Mm-hmm. Speaking, of humble, speaking of Humble Bundle, uh, right now, and I hope it's still going when this is released. There's a we we were talking about Big Finish earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a Big Finish Humble Bundle right now, which has uh, like the Dalek Empire, uh, that whole series, uh, as well as the Lost Stories, uh, the Six Doctor Lost Stories uh, range, which mm-hmm. is epic. Um, and you know, so that Humble Bundle, you can get all of that uh, awesome extended Doctor Who universe um, for like, well, pay what you want for some of the sub tiers. And then it's like 15 bucks and you can get the entire first season of the lost story range, which is a uh, incredible deal for a full range of, of big finish Doctor Who. Yeah, that is awesome. It is an awesome deal. I, I even have some of them and it didn't matter. I was like, I'm getting this because if they add anything cool it'll just be like the cherry on top and i don't have any of the dalek empire stuff which david Tennant does some voice work for what 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 can we expect from the grolic uh the grolics podcast uh the the websites the youtube 
exclusives, the podcast. What can we expect from it in the new year, Randy and Melanie? That's a good. That's a good question. Um, for one, the website. Uh, a recent change is I got rid of the forums because there oh. was. <laughs> That's right. I forgot we had those. <laughs> nobody, everyone else did too. Nobody yep. knew. There were two people that were post that had posted in there: me, and oh. then Melanie from account I set up, and she never actually used. And I posted in it once as her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another one of those things that you told me to do, and I never did. Sorry. Oh no, it's okay. Well, nobody used it though. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we have a big enough. Like, we do have people that will interact sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, we get some comments here and there, yeah. Which is really nice. Mm-hmm. I, I like those comments a lot. But for the most part, we don't have a big enough audience that interacts regularly that makes the forums worth it. Mm-hmm. And I kind of stopped maintaining it because at first I would post um, post about, post about in there when we put out a new episode and, like, new comic release lists and stuff. I would post in there as well to kind of try to get discussion going, but... Uh, like I said, we just didn't have the interaction there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a free, basically a free forum plugin that eventually there would have been ads. And I'm like, uh, I mean, if there's going to be ads, I want control over them. And I don't think that was the case. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So who knows what random ads would have been in there. So I just took it out. Uh, plus I kept getting noticed that like, oh, the Growlix podcast forums have been inactive for X amount of days scheduled for deletion. And, you know, a couple times I'd be like, oh. oh, don't delete, don't delete. And then finally I was like, yeah, just delete it. There's no reason for it. We've been doing, oh, man, we've been doing reviews, like written reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I plan on, like, I don't, not necessarily on a regular schedule or anything, but I plan on doing more written reviews because I actually kind of enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I like, I like, uh, I've been doing the audio Mm-hmm. Doctor Who stuff, and I I kind of like it because it helps me like process how how I like each episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, kind of work it out like with yourself how you feel about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I, yeah, kind of a more like a deeper understanding of of what I did and didn't like about it, kind of thing. Analyze it a little bit. Um, yeah. So I've been enjoying that. I've been enjoying reading yours, Jesse. I've been enjoying writing them, and I think it's nice to have that extra content on the site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so people could check it out. Well, and so they can remember, you know, yeah, the Grox podcast is coming up each month. Gets gets you kind of excited to hear what we're going to talk about next. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we will have more Grox nights, and they yes. will they will go right into the podcast feed now from now on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a big thing that's happened since the last episode. Yeah, and we de- I decided, you know, I talked to you guys and got your opinions on it, and we decided um, that. Yeah, like, why keep them as YouTube exclusive, especially since we've been getting these very cool interviews with creators and stuff. Speaking um, of which, is there is there one coming up? Not currently. I haven't heard back from... Yeah, there's that... Well, Do we want to give it a shout-out real quick? Yeah. Tara Kaiju? Yeah. Is it Tara Kaiju? Yeah, that's what it was. Um, this really cool Kickstarter project that we are uh, contacted about, and I'd, I I got back to the guy, but he's probably knee deep in Kickstarter stuff. So he hasn't got back to me, um, about doing an interview and stuff, but I might just end up writing up a, an article about it, mm-hmm. but super T- cool. Tara Kaiju by Joe Bad- Badon. I'm going to mess up the name this time. <laughs> I'll let you do it. I'll let you mess up that name. Yeah. Yeah. Tara Kaiju by Joe Badon. 
Uh, and there's a video, and I'll listen to it later, and it will prove to me how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I watched the video. I don't remember how he said his name, but uh, yeah, well, it's, it's it's a good Kickstarter video, and it's a it is still well. By the time this goes out, there won't be a lot of days left, but I bet you you could still back it. Yeah, it's coming up on the last week. Yeah, it's got ten days to go, so I bet you there'd be like the last day or two. But I told him if anything, I'd like to, you know, write it write it up, do kind of a spotlight on it, or get a hold of or talk to him and do an interview. And if anything, that would make a nice last week push for his Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry to put you on the spot if you don't, but do you have like a synopsis of what it's about? Um, yeah, kind of. Uh. It takes place in a like it's like feudal Japan, right? Yeah, uh, I've got the site up right here, um, so I can just read you a little synopsis of it. It's a twenty-five page saddle-stitched landscape format cool. one-shot comic book. So that's interesting right mm-hmm. off the bat. Is it's going to be you know longer mm-hmm. as opposed to tall? Um, inspired by my lifelong love for Godzilla movies and oh. is also heavily inspired by films such as Su Hong Wu, uh, GMK, and the 1966 film Daimajin, which is a kaiju film set in feudal Japan. Terra Kaiju is set in feudal Japan as well. An endless embittered battle between two neighboring villages ravages Japan's countryside. The battle will be decided by pitting the village's gods against one another. Awesome. Sounds like some anime. Yeah, and there's, there's quite a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's quite a bit more uh, synopsis here, but I mean, that's kind of a quick overview of what's going to happen. So you've got like super powered giants battling over feudal Japan kind of thing. Yeah, it seemed like a really cool setting and the art style from the samples that he shows on the page is really cool. It kind of like takes, uh, you could tell it takes an influence from that like um, old Japanese art style from mm-hmm. then. And he's even got a soundtrack for this thing. Yeah. Wow. If you if you, uh, if you back it at a certain level, you get an MP3. Well, right off the bat, the lowest level, you get the, the PDF and the MP3 uh, soundtrack. That's, that's, so, that's kind of cool. Pretty amazing, yeah. Yeah. So it definitely looks like a cool project. I will include a link in the show notes um, because if I don't get to talk to him, this is, yeah, this is as good a time as any to put the word out. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this will be cutting it pretty close when this actually comes out. I think you'll have like two days left when this podcast, yeah. when this episode drops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'll have talked to him by the time you guys hear this. Who knows? Yeah. Jumping back to what we can expect, uh, has the, the, you've, we've had some growth in the, uh, electronic media collective, uh, podcast net- network. Yeah. Good, good call. This is, yeah, we, we have seen some growth on, on the electronic media collective podcast network, um, which basically collects, like you can get our show on grogspodcast.com, of course, but you can also check out our show there at electronicmediacollective.com um, and check out other shows that kind of fit into the family of podcasts. Um, mm. Either they're podcasts that that I produce, like the EMG Radio or Saturday Morning Dubcast, which is kind of defunct now, but it kind of spun off this show. Yeah, we're, we're kind of a spinoff now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, if you want to hear the, uh, 
the beta the beta Grolix podcast. Check out uh That is not Grolix at all, by the way. Yeah. Well no, the episode yeah. that had Jesse was clean. Yeah. The other episodes clean, yeah. Without Jesse are filthy. Yeah, well, I was drunken for half those, and I have a potty mouth when I'm sober, so... <laughs> yeah. So, um, also that, that Halloween, those Halloween, uh, that Halloween podcast, the, this podcast is haunted, is up there. Yeah, yeah. And we're all on those. There's more of those, actually, to be released. Mm-hmm. And, and the Technology Geek, which is, uh, not a new show, but it's a new show to the network, mm-hmm. um... And is that's, it uh, Br- Brandon Lapani? Yes, is he the host? Okay. Yes, and that's a really that's a really cool show. I admire anybody. He doesn't. It's not always solo. He doesn't always host it solo. Sometimes he'll have interviews. Like today, as in as in the day we were recording, he had a live interview um, on YouTube, and then that will go up as a regular podcast later. But uh, several of the episodes he hosts solo. But this guy knows his stuff, and it's all about technology. He talks about everything from, like, computers and technology headlines and news to ham radio and and just a whole, like, just the whole gamut of technology. And he knows his stuff. And I admire anybody who can sit down and solo host a podcast and not run out of stuff to say. Like, he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's super interesting. I'm, I'm looking at his uh, About Me page right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, some other things he enjoys are music, yoga, hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, spending time with his girlfriend. And you're like, just goes on and on and on. And you mentioned the ham radio uh, thing. Uh-huh. Uh, this this part tickled my fancy because it's all in caps. And I'm like, what is that? Uh, Brandon is very involved in ham radio. He enjoys attending ham fests. Ham fests? <laughs> yeah, that is great. That must, that must be the name of the like. That's that must be what they call their conventions or their gatherings. So that's pretty awesome. But he's ham fest. I mean, he's a pretty interesting guy. Like right there, like he does this technology podcast, and he's well versed in all aspects of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time. He's a hunting, fishing type guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's a pretty interesting guy and pretty nice. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, he recently joined, uh, the podcast network. So that's been cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been enjoying that show quite a bit. Glad to have you, Brandon. Glad yeah. to have you on board. Hey guys, this is Brandon from the Technology Geek Podcast. You can catch all of our shows on the technologygeek.org as well as on iTunes and all other places where podcasts are carried. We also have a wonderful blog. And like I said, we talk computers, the internet, programming, cell phones, and pretty much anything geek. So come and visit us and uh, listen to our wonderful show at the technologygeek.org. I like, there's been kind of a boom of, of, these um, nerd nerd and geek culture podcasts kind of like what's the word partnering like part re- what's that uh, like reaching out or yeah like reaching out and partnering partner partnering partnering together <laughs> um, there's this kind of cool group called uh, the the nerd podcast coalition on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And that's not so much a podcast network as just really a group of, of people that do various nerd related podcasts. Mm -hmm. Um, and so check that out on Facebook. Uh, you'll find our episodes there and a whole bunch of other episodes about comic books and other technology things. Like there's been a kind of a cool little boom with a little, 
podcast alliances mm-hmm. that have been springing up. Um, so that's been cool to, it's like a cool community to kind of be involved in. Yeah. Endless, endless stuff to listen to, amounts of things to listen to, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. We're also a proud, proud member of the Comics Podcast Network at comicspodcast.com, maybe? I'll check that. I'll double check that address. <laughs> but we're on there, too, and that's been pretty cool. There's a lot of good podcasts on there. Yeah, and that was like a um, a milestone kind of for us, too, because you have to have... Uh... Like at least ten episodes, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. it took us like nine, ten months to get there. Yeah. So, oh yeah, yeah. We proudly we proudly bear the the badge on our on our website, uh-huh. the mm-hmm. Comics Podcast Network. Yep. So check that out. You can find us there, and then it's a good. It's like sometimes I'll get bored, and I'll be like, "Well, you know, my usual podcasts. I've listened to all the new episodes, so I'll just hit that. I'll hit up comicspodcasts.com. Comicspodcast.com, and then I'll just go through there and check out podcasts there. I mean, I listen to a lot of them already, but some of them I don't. It's a good place to discover new podcasts. That's a great little, again, a nice curated list of Mm -hmm. of cool stuff. As for the YouTube channel, in 2015, uh, the last couple months, I guess since October, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of activity on there. Uh, I've kind of been retooling some of the things we do for it. Um, I've got some other ideas as well for more shows we could have. Um, the ep- podcast episodes will still go up there, and the Grolux Nights episodes will still go up there, although they're not exclusive anymore. Um, but we do have some other shows in the works. Eventually, that anime show will, uh, our basically anime review show, will go up there. Yeah. Is the is the uh, comic news roundup, is that kind of on a, a break for now? Yeah, it's kind of on a break for now. I liked... I did. I, I like it. Yeah? Randy does... The, I, I am not a computer person and that's where we have to get all the information to write the stories pieces yeah. and Randy hates writing the pieces, but I don't do any of the research. So if he doesn't do the research then I'm not going to write the pieces. So it's just not getting done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of burnt myself out on writing the stories. Well, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, but those are pretty fun episodes too. Yeah. If you I haven't know. had a chance, uh, you know, go, go check those out. But, because those were a lot of work and a lot of, but they're a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I particularly like it when you guys sling uh, Axton's swag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's that became my favorite part. We only got to do it a couple episodes before I stopped making them, but that was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I don't mind the production of it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, putting the videos together is really not too bad. Um, but yeah, I'll put I'll put Melanie to work on yeah. gathering the stories, and then we can write them again. Because I would research the news stories, put them together, and then Melanie and I would both kind of switch off writing them. Um, mm-hmm. And that was working pretty good. But, yeah, we'll have to get back on that. Yeah. I just don't know. I, you know, I, I'm really bad at researching on the internet. I can't ever find anything that I want. Um, and you apparently are awesome at it. So just give me some tips to figure out how to do it correctly. And Well... I'll, I'll point a little trick as I have this RSS feed program where I have plugged in the feeds to most of the major mm-hmm. comics news websites. Well, that is helpful. And various sources. Uh, you know, so I'm just... So I'll show you around that. I'm horrible in old school. When I when I was in school and I had stuff to do, I actually, like, used, I don't know, books 
encyclopedias <laughs> I didn't card, use. Card catalogs. <laughs> card catalogs. Yeah. Dewey Decimal Systems. I wasn't allowed to have a calculator. No? No. It's sad. It's a crutch for the mind, so... Well, everybody... Yeah, well, everybody has a calculator on them at all times now. No, I know. No, I'm just saying. I, I'm old school. Well, I don't okay. know how to do these things. Well, if you want to go old school journalist... Get yourself that little your little notepad, <laughs> notepad and, and a fedora <laughs> with a little <laughs> with a little card in it. This year. Yep. Yeah. And you go hit up those comic book companies for the headlines. Oh man. Um, <laughs> problem is news stories aren't something you can research in a book. Yeah, I know. But, but that's what I'm saying. I'm teach me your ways. I will show you my ways, Grasshopper. <laughs> then then we, there will be more oh. Comics News Roundup, which I very much enjoy. I was thinking about doing something. I'll just, I'll just kind of shoot the idea here. Um, basically, like, uh, new new comic book, like, picks. Mm-hmm. Where, because on the website, every week, I post uh, the new comic book release lists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so usually, it'll, usually it goes up Friday, Friday evening, uh, the new release list for the, that following Wednesday. So I was thinking maybe we could just record, a, do a little video, um, pick out, you know, two or three of the books coming out that we're excited about and just kind of do a little highlight mm-hmm. once in a while of the new comics coming out. That was kind of a show idea I was kicking around. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then, So like recent, like a recent reads almost type of thing or? Like a recent reads from in the future. Yeah. Like, like, and we can't do spoilers or anything, so we can't talk about it, but I was like, yeah, that's kind of awesome, because there's a lot of times when I'm reading a comic, and then it gets to kind of a cliffhanger, and I'm like, when is this new book coming out? I'm so excited to find out what happens to this new book. Well, yeah, and that was, that was kind of my thought, because then we'll take a look at what's coming up, coming out in the next week, and be like... Or issue, I suppose, not book, but yeah. Yeah, what's coming out in the next week, and be like, you know, just record a little blurb of like... Well, this is coming out, and this and this and this is coming out, and I'm super excited for this because there's a cliffhanger, and mm-hmm. the story's getting really good in this series. And maybe we can use, like, great phrases like, and the exciting conclusion, you know. We can always use <laughs> phrases like that. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile. That, 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 that reminds me of the Batman 66 comics uh, that last episode came out. Oh, yeah. Now I, just, now I just need to have time to read it. Okay, I was going to say, I haven't read that either, but yeah. I was going to see if you had read that. Oh, man. Damien's back. I know. Batman. I have been oh, oh, yeah. thoroughly impressed with all the main Batman series as of late. Yeah. As crazy as, like, when you put down, like, if you write, if you look at, like, the events that are actually happening, it all sounds ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But, like, mm-hmm. it's been handled so well. Joker's mm-hmm. back. Yeah. Damien's yeah, back. The last chunk that I read. Because before that, I was kind of like, uh, uh, but yeah, the last chunk that I read was all really good. Mm-hmm. Well, because they're back in present day again, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Batman, yeah, Batman had been doing the zero year story for, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the new origin story mm-hmm. for Batman for several months. Um, Batman and Robin had just kind of been plugging along. Um, oh. But without Robin, obviously. And so they've been doing the alternating, like, you know, Batman and Two-Face and Batman and whoever. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. But then the Robin Rises story started. Um, and that actually, as like, when they killed off Damien, you knew he was coming back. 
Like, mm-hmm. it's comic books. You just know he is. And his... Yeah. Look who his grandfather is. Yeah, exactly. I mean... Yeah, that was... Yeah. So... Taylor made. But it's always, it's always also kind of like, oh, how are they going to do it, you know? Yeah. And not to say it's, like, amazing, but I really enjoyed the journey it, that the book has taken. Because when Peter... Peter J. Tomasi's been writing Batman and Robin since the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um... And when he's firing on all, like when his books are on all cylinders, it's they're excellent. I mean, there will be occasional dips here and there, but for the most part, uh, Batman and Robin's been consistently good since the beginning of the New Fifty Two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the book that they brought Robin back in, and a mm-hmm. couple of one shots that he also writ, wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been really good, and Scott Snyder is always pretty awesome. They brought the Joker back and. Have been doing very weird stuff, but it's Wait, cool. like they gave him his face back, right? Yeah, yeah. He got his. He just, you know, he just got his face back. I think there was like a. <laughs> There's like a cover where he's holding his face, but he has a face. Mm-hmm. I, I think there might have been like a mention of he had work done. I think that's how they explained it. He just yeah. said uh, he had work done or something. Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> I know because I remember getting into not really an argument, but a discussion about it at a comic book shop, when I was like, "That's ah, crap." <laughs> But, but, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. You accept it. Uh, minor spoilers. One thing that's... Minor spoilers to anybody who hasn't, like, totally caught up on Batman. Um, not huge spoilers. But, so they brought Joker back. Something that's kind of cool that I didn't realize is apparently, like, he's been back. They planted, like, Snyder planted a seed in Batman Annual Number 2 last year. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this, like, new character that was working at Arkham was actually Joker in disguise. But I was impressed that they, he planted that seed like a year ago because the annual three just came out, mm-hmm. um, uh. and they just now paid it off. Mm-hmm. I I thought that was a really nice touch. Yeah, seems like he's got a good long game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really wondering what I think DC and Marvel are going to do some massive changes coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. With these two huge events that are coming up. Two huge, very similar events. Yeah, right, right. right. Mm-hmm. Events. They're like the same and thing. I'm kind of excited about it because I like some of those pre-New mm-hmm. 52 multiverse characters. And so it, it's kind of nice to see them coming back. But at the same time, it's like you got to stick to your guns one way or the other. And I hope they do. Well, they canceled a whole bunch of – DC canceled a whole bunch of their current – like 14, ish, 14 series. 13, 14 mm-hmm. of their current series are getting canceled. Swamp Thing being one of them, and that's the one I'm obviously most upset about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to come back with, they announced which ones are coming back. And of course, you know, it's the Batman ones and mm-hmm. the main stables. Is the Canadian, Canadian Justice League done? Um, Justice League United? <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. That book was almost called Justice League of Canada. I wish they'd have been able to follow through with that. Mm-hmm. But, because uh, it was written by Jeff Lemire, I believe, and I think he's Canadian. Yeah, but I, I enjoyed. I mean, it was all right. There were some things that were a little, eh, but I, I kind of liked it. But I liked him. I liked his Animal work Man. on Animal Man. Mm-hmm. So I oh. was hoping it would continue. So, well, what have you been reading, Jesse? Since we're kind of on a recent reads kick. Oh, uh, we're all DC oh. over here for the most part. I mean, <laughs> uh, I've been reading well, stuff for the show recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, like I've I've been reading. 
um, IDW, a lot of IDW, uh, the Bullwinkle and Rocky uh, comics were, have been happening, and so I've been reading those. And, Dude, um, you got to go least, check out our about page. <laughs> I pig, I got you pegged. I got oh, you man. nailed down. That's great. Now, I really do need to check it out now. Um, yeah, no, I've been reading those, and I just finished up the last one of those. And, oh, cool. Um, some of the Doctor Who stuff, but I'm kind of backlogged on, on the Doctor Who books a little bit. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, re- I read the new uh, 12th uh, – well, not the new one, but I, I started the 12th Doctor run, so it's decent. It's decent. It's kind of different to see Clara drawn – in that style, uh-huh. you know, like the the it was it's almost easier to imagine new companions in a comic book style than it is to imagine the current companions in a comic book style for whatever reason. Yeah. Sorry to interject again, but real quick, way back to the beginning, uh, the Christmas special. I'm kind of disappointed. I thought Clara was leaving. Oh she's yeah, not. and she's gonna be around for a full season. Dang it! There and they kept they kept like hinting that she was either not not leaving and gonna be back for like a few episodes in nine, and then then after the Christmas special, it's just boom! Like all this news was released that nope, she signed on for the full season. I think they've been intentionally messing with everybody. With I think so too. Even like the news and rumors that slip out, I mm. think have been misdirects. A lot of the season, yeah. and I mean, I'm I'm better with Clara than freaking Amy Pond, whom I can't stand. But uh, I still don't She's, really care for that be much. Kansas City. She's going to be at uh, Planet Comic Con. Yeah, are you going to go see her? No. Uh, I I don't have the hatred that you have for Amy Pond. I know. I kind of understand where it comes from. Like like why what about her irritates you? But I don't. What about her doesn't irritate me, baby? Well, okay, yes, but I don't mind her at all. I like Rory though. Rory's great. I know you do. <laughs> Ooh, Rory. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a trade-off. It's kind of a trade-off. We we get Amy. Uh, we we get Rory via Amy. So. Yeah, I know. Um, he's too good for her. He's too good for her. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we're supposed to feel about it. Yeah, I know, but... <sighs> oh, okay. <laughs> I've been reading a lot of new stuff. You have been yeah, reading I, a lot of new stuff. Yeah, I've been reading... Uh, oh, you started a lot of new, like, indie Witches, series oh. Low... Witches um, is good. Witches is good. Low is good. What else did I start reading? Witches is a Scott's, new, like, Scott Snyder horror series. Um, mm-hmm. Or I think it's probably a miniseries through Image. Yeah. So he's actually not working like through DC or, or Vertigo for once. Oh, The Wicked and the Divine. That one's good. Uh, I haven't started reading it, but I'm going to read Spread. So I'm excited for all of these things. All of these things. Yeah, we went to Legends uh, Comics and Coffee. And, <laughs> and she, like... They have, you know, the wall of, like, you know, the new releases and then the kind yeah. of recent releases... And she was looking at the indie wall where it had all the image comics and all that other stuff. And she's like, oh, look at that cover. Look at that one. Look at that one. What's that series? Ah. And she was just like, and so she made a huge list while we were there. I, I picked up a bunch that I just haven't had the crack yet. Like I, well, I started reading Trees. I don't, oh, I that was remember. on my list. Sorry. <laughs> it's, you know, the first, I've read the first two issues and they're really good. I yeah. just haven't gotten into 
with you know it's still going and so i haven't gotten mm-hmm. much further than that yeah. but that one was good and then i picked up um names i don't know who's doing that one either but it looked interesting and i just haven't started it yet mm-hmm. so my backlog is crazy mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> yeah but you got you're busy you got lots of stuff to do and yeah. i i even even in my job, I basically sit around a lot of the time. So <laughs> yeah, you can read at work. I can read. What I, what I have been doing, like I've been listening. Obviously, I've been listening to a lot of audio because that's something I can kind of do. Throw the headphones on at, mm-hmm. at certain times, like when I'm doing like cutting cutting paper for a class or something. And I've been listening to uh, Patrick. I mean, this is kind of off off of what we usually talk about, but uh, Patrick Rothfuss, his. Uh, his series, uh, it's called the King Killer Trilogy, and it's kind of a it's kind of a uh, fantasy style series. And uh, I just finished up his second book, which is like it's a mammoth book. It was uh, forty eight hours of audio. Wow! And uh, it's it's a mighty it's a mighty series. There's people get really the 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 people that he has as fans are like diehard fans, and I can see why because the world he creates is very expansive it like pulls on things like like you could make connections to like hogwarts and harry potter but done in a way that's not it's not intended for children it's like if if hogwarts were a uh, a college setting and our hero is very very flawed and the magic uh, the magic is is less magicy and more sciency oh interesting it's it's been it's been a pretty incredible read slash listen because mm-hmm. I I started by reading it and I was just like I was having a hard time finding time to actually read it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then then I you know I just started getting them through Audible mm-hmm. and uh, totally worth it yeah that sounds cool I would imagine it'd be really successful anyway because a lot of the a lot of the fans of the Harry Potter type things are like college or older now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when and it's not so you know it's not limited to it either, which is kind of nice. Like mm-hmm. Harry Potter's whole world always revolved around like two or three locations. Yeah. And and this he's got a more expansive world, and the character you know the character is a thief. He's a musician. He's an actor. He you know he he learns how to fight in this most recent book, and you get to explore a whole new uh, area of the map with. Uh, with a different culture and mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds good. I should listen to more audiobooks and audio plays. I listen to a lot of podcasts during the day. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to a D and D podcast lately. Yeah. 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 I'm almost like 40 episodes into the critical hit podcast. Um, yeah, you were talking about that or you were, you mentioned it earlier this week, I think. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, they it's well where I'm at they're I'm on thirty or forty something and I think currently they're in the two hundreds on their episodes so I'm a couple of years back mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. and they're playing at that point they're playing fourth edition mm-hmm. so some of the rules are different from the newer one the fifth edition but it's a good series for new new people who aren't familiar with it because they do start the one guy doesn't know anything about how to play D and D and they start with him. And so it's kind of teaching him as they go. Um, but it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of so fun. Do they basically like record their playing sessions or something? Yeah, they record 
Uh, I don't know how often they have their sessions. It seems like every month or couple months, but they record their play sessions. I'm going to guess they probably play for four to five hours, but they break it up to usually around an hour long episode. Um, Hmm. Usually they'll have like a bunch of story and then an encounter. And then like, you know, they'll go through the encounter and then at the end of the counter encounter, they'll be like, you know, well, that's it for this episode. And then you could totally tell that then, then they like take a pause and then they're like, and then, okay. in the next episode and they just continue their play session. So yeah, it's, they, they break up their session, um, into a couple episodes, into a couple episodes, but they, they, they break them in areas that make sense, you know? So it doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like, I mean, unless they're on a super long, like in the middle of a super long battle, which has happened a couple times, um, they don't usually break like in the middle of action or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be tough to do. But I find what I like about listening to, cause there's a couple other podcasts where D and D they'll play D and D like Harmontown. They'll it's, and it's kind of a, uh, sen- sensationalized version of D and D they play on that, but they'll have their regular podcasts where they have different celebrities and comedians, whoever, and they'll just talk. And then at the end of every episode, they have a, like a 15, 20 minute D and D session. Mm-hmm. I find what really like hooks me on those is the stories. Like the DMs usually come up with some pretty interesting stories. Um, oh yeah. The combat is not the most exciting to listen to in a podcast. No, no. Cause it's just dice rolling and Oh, well I'm going to move five foot step this way. And yeah. Yeah. And you know, the guys that are playing can like, if it's depending who's on the podcast can make it fun, but usually I'm, I'm excited to hear like where they take the story next. Sorry, Melanie made, I don't think she meant to, but she made a really funny face. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. Were you going to sneeze or something? (laughs) No, I was trying to yawn with my mouth closed. (laughs) (laughs) It was really funny. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so I've been listening to some some D&D podcasts. Those are kind of fun. Cool. Um, I guess that's it. We could probably wrap this thing up pretty soon. Yeah. Uh, It's been really random. Uh (laughs) But... I think it's a good episode. Yeah. yeah. Random is fun and we, you know, we mm-hmm. flow fine. So that's, it's it's like with rap. It's the flow that, that makes it good. <laughs> that's, that's right. It's the flow. It's like, it's like rap. <laughs> it's our slogan. <laughs> the content doesn't matter. It's the flow. Yeah. 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 And that's how we wrap this up. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's that time of night. Melanie looks like she's ready. However, I'm movie quotes. This is Randy. Nobody puts Grolix in a corner. This is Melanie. I'm a Grolix. I'm not the Grolix, I don't think. And this is Jesse. Do or do not. There is no Grolix. Thank you for listening to Grawlix Podcast. The Grawlix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Vocal Arrow Studios. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives, 4.0 International License. To hear more, visit GrawlixPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast and like us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Podcast. Sorry. I'm feeling a little spacey. Woo, spacey. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
I'm gonna cut. I'm gonna cut that. Don't no, worry. you're not. I am gonna. Cut that. <laughs> that's that's the after credit scene right there. <laughs> okay, I can make. It, I can. <laughs> I'm spicy. I'm spicy. <laughs> it's like that. I'm spicy. <laughs> that old. I'm spicy. It makes me think of. Um, Bravest Warriors or Adventure Time when they do the dance in their arms, like go noodle wiggles and uh-huh. stuff like that. <laughs> that's what I, if I could do that, that's what I'd be doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spacey! I'm spacey! <laughs> oh, man. That's what we'll do when there's an awkward space in the tape. <laughs> yeah. I'm spacey! I'm spacey. <laughs> <laughs> 